0: Welcome back to Canberra Conversations with your host, Colin Campbell, and today is episode 220 of the podcast, and it is the return of Richard Dixon to the show. Richard appeared on episode 140 of the podcast back in August 2022, and 80 episodes later, a return to the show was overdue. That episode that we did together remains the most played ever on Canberra Conversations, and it reached the top 10 that month in the UK self-development and health charts on Apple Podcasts and it charted on Spotify too. It's had a tremendous impact and during that episode, we really covered the true story of the then 25-year-old millionaire. This time around, you can expect to hear about a whole range of topics, including conspiracy theories about Richard's background and finances, how leaning into being a villain can help you excel, faith in God, family dynamics and gender roles, being capable of being dangerous while seeking peace, plans to own St. Marin FC, and why it's your duty to be a success for you and your loved ones. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It is over two hours long, but it was like a, a, a marathon run, a sprint, as I've said many times when I've spoken about the previous episode that I recorded with Richard. Today's podcast is sponsored and supported by Clean Foods Meal Prep. One of the parts of conversation during this episode was around convenience and living a life that allows you to. To focus on the things that truly matter and I know for a fact that having my meals delivered on a weekly basis allows me to tick my major boxes for my health, my nutrition and my fitness and use the time that I've got more wisely on the things I really truly need to focus on. So if you could benefit from removing time cooking and prepping out of your diary and generally just eat better, cleaner, healthier meals that meet your macronutrient and nutrition goals, then Clean Foods is the one for you. The meals are cooked fresh each Saturday and midweek in Glasgow, but are delivered across the UK on a Monday or a Thursday. The link will be in the show notes, cleanfoodsmealprep.com, and you can use the code CAMBRO to save 15%, that's 15, 1, 5%, and get your order delivered to you ASAP. Last time around, I said this show had a tremendous impact. The episode we did together was absolutely colossal. And I know that you guys are going to enjoy this one. So if you are enjoying it, the way to support the show is making sure you've subscribed, share it to your Instagram story or copy and paste the link to a friend or a group chat that needs to listen in. I know you guys are going to love it. And I cannot wait to see what impact this episode together has. The music's going to play and you have two hours with myself and Mr. Richard Dixon. Richard, the demand has been so
1: high. We're back. Are you feeling ready? It's round two, mate. I'm ready to go. You know what? It's been, of all the podcasts I've been on, it's been my favourite so far. And I actually feel like I deserve to be back on sooner than this. I'm actually pissed off that it's taking this long. So I'm back. I'm happy that I'm back, mate. I checked
0: the, the YouTube comments earlier before we came here today and there was people calling for a round two within about a week of it coming out. <laughs> I think that would have been premature, but I agree we've 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 waited long enough and it's it, we're ready to go again. For
1: sure, mate. A lot of stuff changed, a lot of new ideas. For, for both of us, by the way, because I like to think this is more of a, a conversation than an interview, you know, I think with some of your guests, because m- maybe they're, they're so super, super expert level in a certain niche, it's good for you just to pound them and interview them. But we talk enough off camera that stuff like this is pretty well, that, easy
0: well that's mate. what I think would be a cool place to start and really break that wall with the listener because mm. our first episode and our subsequent friendship almost didn't happen Richard yeah yeah. Do we want to tell you story it your
1: fault so um, I, I, well I'll give you my side of the story right <laughs> you know I've got a good memory so careful yeah man. yeah yeah I know that I know that well you had you had reached out to me on LinkedIn I believe about coming on the podcast and at that point I think I wasn't really coming on podcasts I wasn't really doing stuff like that and um, and if I recall, I think I just sent like a maybe a voice message back, but it was it was a very short interaction. Um, I can't remember what I said in the voice message. It might have came across as rude, um, but I think you, I think you were a bit unhappy that uh, I'd maybe said no. Or maybe it was the manner in which I said no. But uh, and then <laughs> I think about two years later, you done like a who do you want to see on the podcast? And someone put in Richard Dixon. You replied like he's a fucking knob, basically that sure was oh, you're, you're, you're not a million
0: miles off so completely correct your name was coming up regularly on the story boxes yeah and it was somebody that had given me a lot of feedback on the show and been like a really loyal listener from the start and it was like you should interview Richard Dixon and I replied I was like I actually reached out a couple of years ago and I felt he was a bit rude coming back to me and I'm not sure he's my cup of tea and at that point, a few days later, he was obviously somebody that was like really engaged with your stuff, and he'd sent you that. Yeah. And I woke up the next morning with a message in my request from you on Instagram, being like, "Hi," and again, really civil. So I think this is one of the reasons why we've gone on to be yeah, what yeah, yeah. We do. I wasn't like see you, yeah, fucking exactly. It. <laughs> you were like, "Hi, mate." Um, can't find anywhere where you've reached out to invite yeah, me. in the, the way, podcast. yeah, that, that's
1: a good point to make. I'm I'm talking about the interaction on LinkedIn as if I remembered it at the time. I mate, mean, I was searching your name, my emails, Instagram facebook like i couldn't see anything so i genuinely forgot about that interaction as well i was like oh what the
0: fuck so i was i got this message and you were very upfront you were like i don't believe i've been rude and not come back to you about coming on the podcast i don't appreciate you you saying that i've been rude to some uh, rude to you if, if that's not the case um, and and then you said something like and if, in terms of like not being your cup of tea completely appreciate that i'm not i'm not for everyone and i messaged back straight away being like I appreciate you Clean air on this. From my perspective, I reached out on LinkedIn a couple of years ago. you came back to say you consider it, and then you didn't come back to me. Don't, like maybe seeing you were rude was a was an overstep for me because I was a, like kind of annoyed you wouldn't come. You've reread head. these messages exactly, today. Exactly. <laughs> you went back and reread them. Exactly. well, well I've got rain man memory. I know that's true.
1: That is true. So
0: because you started on that foot, and I came back like understanding where you came from, and then. We kind of got talking and the similarities were far more striking than the areas of difference. Equally, probably for two and a half years, I hadn't seen your content because I engaged with it to ask you on the podcast in like July 2020 when I was first starting. And that's also something I've recognized myself. At that point, I could deal with rejection in my sales career because I would built up. But to deal with rejection from the podcast, when you're just trying to grow something new, you take it a lot harder now
1: the, the the reason for that is is when you come down and you try and sell me anything whether it's a watch on your wrist your bottle i'm rejecting that i'm not rejecting you right because you are a salesman of the product you could even be a product of the product hashtag my protein call cambro fucking 10 off whatever right you're a product of your product if you were like a mad fat greaseball nobody would want my protein from your podcast yeah. right but when it's something and it's holding your name, it's Cambro Conversations, it's your big personal brand tool, really, let's say what it is, it's especially now, maybe not so much then, but that's that's personal, as opposed to getting rejected in the workplace, it's like, oh, they didn't like that car I tried to sell them with that watch or this thing, it wasn't like, or sometimes they can just be like, actually, I do like the thing, you're a helmet, but you don't really have that issue i don't think
0: so i hadn't <clears throat> really engaged with your content during that time other than snippets when you went semi-viral mm-hmm. because i wasn't really engaged with your stuff yeah, yeah. so i had an impression of you that probably wasn't a fair impression based on snippets that i saw because your most viral content particularly that period in time was extremely <laughs> confrontational yeah. however do you know who vouched for you in your corner and you, you 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 actually know this my brother yeah he was like I said to him, I've, I've had a conversation with Richard. He's been really upfront and we've actually ended up on like good terms despite the fact that I've said behind his back that I thought he was rude and he didn't come back to me back in the day so I was annoyed or whatever. And he was like, oh, I follow all his stuff. I really like it. I think you would actually have a good conversation on the podcast. He'd be mm. interested in terms of his story. He'd be interested in terms of his perspectives. And with the direction the podcast was going in terms of so much, many people interested in personal finance and growing their business yeah. and improving, it was a really good fit. And I was like... Okay, and I take his counsel quite quite seriously, in some regards, as you probably know, I, not, not all regards. <laughs> um, but from there, we became really pretty good friends. Yeah, and, then and quite quickly up, also. And I think there was a lot of shared values and a lot of shared things. Of course, there's things that we, we, we don't agree 100% on, but that's actually really healthy. Yeah, of course. But we met eye to eye, we trained together, we chatted, and then when it came around to the podcast we obviously had a brilliant conversation that impacted so many people and that again reinforced that we made the right decision to have the podcast at that period time because we mm. probably made a better podcast at episode 140 for me than if I interviewed you on episode 10 and yeah. also you were developing during that time as well of and course. think about the different perspectives you brought to the table and the number of people that have sent messages off the back of that podcast is Wild because they were really positively impacted by the conversation we have. So I'm excited for what we're going to get into now. Yeah,
1: mate, it'll be good. And as always, I I don't know if this is the same with all your guests, but I don't have a clue what you're going to ask me. I know some people, maybe if they're, I I guess, big names, of which I'm not like a massive name, but they would have to vet the stuff they're going to look at to make sure they don't get like skewered with some random question. You could ask me anything just now, which is um, equally daunting and exciting. So yeah, we'll keep each other in our (laughs) tours. what i think we'll start with is some of the
0: different conspiracy theories about what it is that you do and what you've come from yeah. because acquaintances or people that listen to that first episode the number of messages i got been like like pleasantly surprised by like how you came across and who you were mm. and what you actually do because we did that whole here's Richard's pie chart of his monthly earnings, where does it come from, et cetera, et cetera, and you mm-hmm. broke it down really clearly. And so many people were like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. And then you obviously told the story of growing up in Pollock Shields, working for your dad, yeah. deciding, moving into the property space, being impacted by Grant Cardone. But there's so many <laughs> rumors and things out there where people were replying who hadn't listened to episode, been like, oh, is that the, the crypto guy? Is that yeah, the yeah, whatever yeah. guy? And you're thinking, wow, that's bizarre. What conspiracy theory do you want to start with? Firstly,
1: it's funny when you said like, when, when you come across a different way, online or in person and stuff like that, the amount of people that say to me when they actually have a conversation with me is like, you're so not like what I expected. Take, for example, Sam Cavana. And me and him could have been so similar to how me and you could have been if we hadn't liked each other. I mean, Sam were totally different people. I think there was actually more of, more aggro between me and him than there ever would have been between me and you. And me and him are like super good friends now. Because I think you know, I, you you play the game online sometimes, right? And that gets you interaction. I mean, look at the last couple of months. I've not posted on the TikTok platform for five months or something, maybe even more. So it's April. Because I was just like, yeah, it's, it's boring. I had my fun with it. I'm gone. So it's just funny how many people say that to me. Like, And it's like, I live with myself every day, so I know that I'm actually semi-reasonable. Um, but some people are just like, oh, I thought you were just going to be a complete arsehole in real life. My, my favourite conspiracy theory out of all of them about is two about my dad. There's two of of equal measure. Now, one of them, I was actually thinking the other day, there's kind of a link. This might convolute the world here, by the way. This might make it even deeper rooted. But the two big conspiracies are that I'm like the heir son of a multi million pound empire, right? Uh, of which it is believed to either be that my dad started fuel smoothies, right? As in the smoothie bars. Now, that's the one that can kind of have a link because that was one of my sister's first ever jobs was working in fueling, like, Brayhead or something like that, right? She went and was doing politics at uni, same as you. You managed to survive it because you're a posho, right? But she was doing politics and just hated it and she was like, right, I'm going to work for a bit and then she travelled. So I don't know if someone's, like, known my sister. Maybe my sister was telling him I'd lying. the work being, like, my dad's going to get you sacked or something, I don't know. (laughs) But that's, that's a funny one. Then the other one is that, like, I'm of... Again, an ill sun to a multi-million pound empire uh, and that my family are all travellers and that my dad has a massive metal recycling scrap business. Scrap that's, yes. that, that's one of the messages um, I got. Is that the guy that has a scrap
0: metal business? And I'm now, thinking,
1: not oh, I'm aware mate, of. we used to go to the Scrappies all the time as electricians because, you know, you're ripping cable out of houses. I, I'll be honest, I've, like, taken copper pipe I was not entitled to. No, I've done anything to get a turn, right? And I, I, so I'm, I guess, like, yeah, I've been to the Scrappies. Does that is that enough Evidence that my dad is like a scrap metal lord? I don't think so. So there's, there's so many different things, mate. Like, and then some of the shit I read about myself, I just, I just laugh at. Because I always use this analogy, right? That me and you could go to the same restaurant order the same food 10 minutes apart. Yours comes and it's... A little bit undercooked. You go and review the restaurant, and say it's terrible. Mines comes, it's cooked perfectly. I say it's amazing. We both went to the same restaurant and we're both correct in our estimations. Doesn't make the restaurant bad or good. It just we have had this as an experience in that place and, and you know, this is what we've decided. But people have this with me, but with fake versions of me, the amount of people I think the fake accounts of me that go about, I was try I was trying to think about it the other day. Probably done fifty to hundred grand, like bumping people. I've had people message me like, hey mate. Just I can't find your other account Like Obviously now you've got Meta Verify That helps slightly But also you underestimate hate it's to say it, it How it? fucking stupid Some people are And I'm going to say it plainly Oh bro your, your James Smith 123 account Messaged me earlier on I sent it 500 pound of bitcoin I'm like Are you a fucking idiot Like really Like I can't help you If you, you can hardly Fucking breathe unassisted You're doing shit like that Right the Stupidest thing ever So I've seen screenshots From people saying
0: That guy from your podcast Messaged me about Uh, trading and stuff like that and I've sent it on to you and you've been like I actually cannot believe because the English is like broken as well and you've always prided yourself on being like able to articulate yourself and put yourself out there and based on what you've gone on to achieve financially in the different businesses you have Mm. the time spent for you to be in the DMs trying to get 500 quid back and forth is just not like a good use
1: of time it's it's like it's like unbelievable but mate it's, it's quite sad some of them like you look back in hindsight and it's funny because you're like, how did you even believe that that was real, right? And it's like, this guy took a 100 quid. It's like, yeah, it would, it would annoy you and 100 quid to someone might be really valuable, but it's not going to, like, ruin your life. But, mate, there was one that happened and it was a woman from America who, like, messaged me, but off the bat she's messaging me mad aggressive, right? I can't believe you'd do this to me and my kids and all that. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I've replied to her, but I've tried to keep the head, right? And I've been like... Sorry, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. She, it, and she had been romance scammed by someone using me. On do you remember the messaging app Kick? No, from back in the day, I mate. Mean, Kick was like back. It was kind of like WhatsApp was K I K. It was right, and then they went from that platform onto Wickle, okay. which is like an encrypted messaging. Thinking like what WhatsApp was previously, and mate, she had like I'm talking months and months and months worth of these chat logs, but like she was sending this guy money via Western Union to fucking Nigeria or whatever, right? And he was using me as, like, him. And and I don't know where they first got together, but I think he'd taken something around, like, $14,000 off her, which this woman was clearly a single mother with kids, and, you know, it's a a lot of money to anybody. and But the guy... The guy wasn't only, like... Try to get the money off her, but he was having some of the maddest, horniest combos ever. But like, like saying stuff, and the English was so bad again, which makes it funnier. And it's like, hey baby, you do prostate massage question mark and all that. So she's sending me these and I'm feeling bad for her, but at the same time I'm like, how the fuck am I trying not to laugh here, right? And then her resolution was, okay, well, you clearly have the money. You can clearly afford that. So Do the right thing and just send me the money back because it was you. And I was like, Uh, do you know what I'm gonna do? Block bite. Just fucking blocked her. I was like, get away, man. Yeah, get out of that situation. It's it's sad, mate, to see that stuff. And it is so funny how many people like you're seeing people saying to you about it, but like I'll meet people and they'll be like, Oh, how's that crypto going that you sent me? And I'm just like, fucking use your brain, man. Do you know what I mean? It's just not it's not me. Like, it's just not. But also, I was thinking the other day, right? That I think. Crime is so prevalent in the world just now, especially with the music that young people are listening to and all that, right? Even sometimes I get a wee bit of drill music on and I'm like ready to jump out my car get and start stabbing yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's mad, right? So I, I was thinking about it the other day, like the reason I thought about it was I tried to buy at Dixon on Instagram right? It was for sale on a, on a marketplace called Flipped, with two Ps and one D. It used to be called OG Users back in the day, but it's kind—it's pretty sketchy, right? You need to go through a whole bunch of different websites and all that. So, I was on Flipped, found at Dixon, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah I'm going to buy that. I think it was like, 900 quid or something the guy wanted for it. So I was like, okay, bought it, and OG Users used to have like, protection and shit. So I got the growth girl's username and stuff like that, through another guy. Um, and the guy just fucking blocked me As soon as I made the payment Just blocked me And I was like You motherfucker Because I've wanted that account for ages I, I tried to spam report it And everything To try and get the user taken down I just wanted at Dixon If anyone can Get me fucking at Dixon Let me know Um, And I was thinking I was like So many people are like Making mad Like money on scams Like th- I can't remember that young guy in Glasgow That bumped all the bitcoin Yes Remember who I'm talking about That kid And I was thinking I wonder if there's people in the world Who are like Making accounts of Not so much for the romance scamming Because that's a bit weird right The pure prostate massages But I wonder if people are like Making loads of bot accounts of themselves And then making their own English shit ChatGBT write this as like a dyslexic Nigerian and then like sending yep. the messages do you get what I mean and then just sitting there scat- do you get like that's a great conspiracy yeah, theory yeah but do you know what the pro- do you know what the problem that I think would catch people out with that right is that you know Instagram has the block the issues on any account imagine you block that person then I disappeared oh my goodness your life's over mate you're finished then you rumble rumbled finished your scam's over do you, like, You'd be fi- and imagine they'll go to message you like bro this guy's scamming oh, where's Richard <laughs> you know what I mean it would be nuts it's just all that crime whether it be you know like Violent crime But I mean Mostly crime associated With income Whatever you're selling Buying Stealing It's crazy to know. Mate, Where I've just moved to Confidential it, Obviously I have a Range Rover SVR Outside of my house Last night You might have seen it on Instagram Loads of people sharing it Just now It's like a guy who's I think seems semi well known In Glasgow Range Rover's been stolen Bro- yeah. Outside my house He you trade to David Lloyd as well? Does he? Yeah Registrate was like 86GN i something. I've seen that yeah Bro, I couldn't believe it's it's like it's like two minutes away from my house, and I'm one of three properties in my full street of about 500 flats with private parking, so it's, it's not that bad. But like it's constant, mate. Cars being stolen, watches stolen. Like,
0: one of the things of madness, I mean, mate. That we've spoken about away from the podcast has been safety and some of the strategies that you've mm-hmm. taken to working your work in your safety. And one of those was not posting where you are at that moment in time. That's something, Never, that I was, that was something I was first exposed to when I was on holiday in Dubai last year, and a number of the girls that we were with at some of the beach clubs were saying, we're not posting that we're here until we leave, because even in a, a place where maybe there's a lesser percentage of their audience, mm. it still was a potential red flag for a particular individual to show up unhinged. Out of Because if you have a, a, even a micro audience of, let's say, 10, 20, 30,000, it only takes one within that to be completely unstable.
1: Mate, see, see, like, people and I know plenty of, like, football players that do this, It's like, if they if all of them are chilling, setting them at social status, as long as they don't play for, like, Dumbarton or something, right? But if they've got a certain amount of social status, and you would imagine income as well, when you're going to clubs, what do people go to clubs for? Boys, if any of your misses tell you they're going to a nightclub because they just want to dance with their pals, block, go to bed, wake up the next day, and thank God that she's away, <laughs> right? So... I've lost my train of thought on that but there The point I'm making is that They will sit and go Right okay there's five clubs in this city Let's just go and watch Say the tag stories You can watch the story of people That have tagged themselves at that place And they'll just be like Well he's got the best looking birds And they'll just go and they'll be like They'll, they'll find the best looking lasses there And they'll go and like the photos So when the lassie goes a post Oh This guy who plays for such and such Is looking at my Boom And they'll go D- Do you get what I'm saying? So all you'll just get mad creepy Weirdos, those, like those guys are just playing the game. I guess you could call it. Oh, we're gonna turn up. Well, well known. These birds will fancies, we'll go and after us, yeah. Whatever, right? But, other but then there's also people means. who are like, yeah, I'm gonna steal your flip flops and sniff them. Do you know what I mean? Creeps.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> I knew you were gonna come with some gold. That's absolutely wild. Steal flip flops?
1: But since last year,
0: obviously. You've hosted the Financial Freedom Summit during the summer. Oh shit. And, yeah, I about that. Well, there's been there's been so much to cover Ooh. and I think we're we're gonna get into loads of it. Yeah. That for, for me on the outside looking in and then obviously getting to understand what that process was like from some of the conversations we had was a yeah. bit of a full circle moment because if we reflect back to your journey, mm. 2018, seeing Grant Cardone on yeah. the 10X tour, hosted by Paul McFadden, yeah. is one of the turning points or ...launchpad moments within yeah, yeah. the Richard Dixon story. Yeah. What was it like to host that event in Glasgow?
1: Oh, mate, it was it was crazy. Um, on one hand, it's like, it's amazing. It's so class to see that in a yeah, full circle moment. But see, pulling it off... Bro, that was, like, physically, mentally, financially testing. Because I was spending money on an event that I had no idea if it was going to work or not, but I was spending at a rate I'd never spent before. Always I've had some big single purchases, right? Um, that, so you could say, oh, I spent 100 grand in a day or something like that, but it's like I wasn't out buying like 100 grand of clothes, which is then a very substantial amount of stuff, right? Um, but this, I, th- I think it worked out as on average across 12 weeks, we're spending uh, like 25 grand a week, basically. Speaker fees, speaker advertising? Speaker fees, speaker fees, advertising, um, I would actually just say speaker costs, because you're paying flights, hotels, and by the way, I spoke to some really big names that we were not able to pull off for this, right, and seeing what some people ask for, I was just like, what, right, I've got Patrick Bet David's assistant's phone number, right, and I was like, yeah, I want, I want PBD, so sent me, yep, it's $250,000, so straight away, I was like, "Oh fuck, right!" But he's a big enough name. I would have to gauge it with the audience, and the the problem was time with that. Like, you just, you, I just didn't have enough time to understand is is, is he a big enough name here that's going to sell, sell the additional there? tickets? Obviously, to he's had the big that. stuff with Tate and stuff now, so I think he's he's quite. I'm not going to say associate. He's probably with Tate. more he's well re-
0: known in this country now than he was
1: even in, in June, June, July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, I would agree. So, but but then you turn fifty grand speakers fee then you've got a per diem, so that's a per day allowance for food in that, but he's, he's not eating fucking sausage and egg McMuffins, right, he's, you're spending some dough, right, they want certain hotel rooms, um, travel expenses, some speakers that I spoke to, you're literally paying to fuel their plane, you're not going to pay for the plane, they have the plane, but you're paying to fuel their plane, whether you like it or not, she's so sitting back and I'm like, whoa, like, if, if I had, say, got Patrick Bet David, like, I would have been in for half a million pounds, half a million pounds. Well, that's terrifying. Before you've even sold a ticket. Before I've kicked my ass, mate. Right, and that's the thing. And you know, hindsight is is absolutely wonderful. Would I do the Financial Freedom Summit? I actually think we're going to change the name the next time we do it. But would I do the Financial Freedom Summit again? How I did it that time? Fucking no way, no way. It needs to be something like, if I was planning on doing the Financial doing something again in June, that's going live in, like, January, mate. Like, because, an 80% of your tickets for anything are bought on the day of release in the last seven days before the event. So people, oh, there's a whole amount of dead time. But it's it's the logistics, mate. And we, we had just some, even on the day, like, p- the, the whole point of putting on a good event or the key to putting on a good event is even if something's going really wrong, You can't let it go. You can't let anyone see it, right? Mate, we've turned up the morning of the event. Doors open at half eight. I stayed in the Crown Plaza deliberately just to be on site from night to morning. So I've got the Crown Plaza and I'd requested that the room would be ready the night before so that I could go check everything. I went to the desk and I've been like, hey, it's Richard. I'm checking in. I've got the event over the weekend. Can I go and check the room? Oh you can't go in just now And I'm like why there's like There's an Indian wedding Right I'm from Pollock Shields I've been to a few Indian weddings Right It's not like You may kiss the bride It's like Two fingers in the air Till Eight in the morning And mate You've never met people That can drink Like Sikhs You just haven't mate I don't know where This tolerance comes from They're all pretty solid They're like, like the warrior Class of India Right these guys can booze, so as soon as they say that, I shit myself, I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be a nightmare tomorrow, they're like, nope, we've got all the cleaning team coming in at like 5am, everyone is just going to assault this room, it's going to be perfect, cool. So we get there in the morning, I have my breakfast around 7, I was like, I'm going to go down half 7, at least I've got an hour and a half, I've went in and I glance, see if you're standing on the stage and you look at the room, oh yeah, room looks nice, right, mate, See the carpets were like matted with like glitter, pastries, bits of food, fucking like see under the tables, which is so weird because you know the setup what the tables were like. Would you say that was a setup they would have had at the wedding? No, oh. but there's wine glasses under the tables. So whoever's been putting the tables, i like, oh, fuck that, just fucking them under, right? So I've like exploded. There was people already starting to clean rooms for new guests. I said to the hotel, I was like, get every single member of staff down here right now to get this place cleaned. Then my staff have went and taken the spell, whoever's my staff are doing it, went to start letting people in at half eight because it's a nightmare trying to get that many people in. And I don't know if you recall, we didn't open the doors until five to nine. That's how long it took, like an hour and... A half of us cleaning Maybe I should take that Off my cost Because I managed to get Like two grand Or something back off The Crown Plaza for that um, I'm not sure it's worth the stress no, Absolutely not mate I'd have paid If they'd have said You can pay an extra two grand Tonight the room will be Cleaned tomorrow I'd be like yeah No problem I'd have been pissed off But I would have done it If I knew If I had the gift of foresight Right come, yeah. But right, it's the speaker fees It's the venue hire It's the AV The AV hire was nuts mate High was like 35 grand For like two days For like the screen The stage The lights The cameras At either side It's like mega So I wonder what you're paying for In this place oh, It would be dear Mate just all that stuff Catering Security Like I'm glad we had security Because I see some of these events That bring in these big speakers And there's like There's like no security there It's a, it's a complete foresight I think security In your personal life and business is so 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 important mate So important
0: When have you started to wake up to that? Because it's something you've spoken about a lot more recently.
1: Um, Some experiences with some friends. Um, Thankfully not happened to me, but a a few um, good friends of mine having, you know, break-ins and stuff like that. Uh, And also increasing the um, calibre and quality of the um, men that you, like, basically hang around with or the men that you communicate with. uh, Because... If you get an average room of ten men in Scotland, you're going to get you know a mixture of educational qualities, a mixture of degrees, trades, vocations, um, creatives, non creatives, fighters, non fighters. You're going to get all these different people, um, but and that's good for a diverse friendship. But I, I, I like I like friendship. Of course, I do. Right, you one of my friends. Like we we have a really good friendship. But but what I value beyond that is is people with specific experience. Like, I've been around so many people now, and I'm not from a military family in any way. I, I don't really know many people that have been in there. But the type of, some of the men that I, I, I guess, communicate with now are, like, highly experienced, what I would call operators, you know, and, and that is what they do, what they live and breathe every day. And also spending some time chatting to, to Faz from Zion, who was our security for Financial Freedom so I became good friends with him, and he does some of the biggest names, like Harry Styles. He's, um, when's this going to be released? 10th December. So he's 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 literally sitting right now with Mr Beast on a tour of the UK. He's same size right hand security, right? So stuff stuff like that's it's it's crazy. I think I'm allowed to say that. I fucking hope so. But I've said it now. So Faz, you know where I live, and you'll come in disguised anyway. Um. So w- when you see that and you see stuff happen to. Your friends or people you know, even take me. I was talking about that Range Rover getting stolen last night. I don't know that guy from Adam, like, I, I, and but he's close by and it's relatable. Y- yeah, yeah, it's a bloody same car. Do you get what I'm saying? So, it's and also spin it back to the very start of the podcast. Watch thieves, all this crime is like the new cool thing. You know, it's, it's like, it's it's cool now. Oh, I stole this guy's watch. You see with the rappers in America. Like, they steal each other's chains. It's like a thing, because they have custom chains. And they'll like be like, oh, look who's chain I stole. Like, I, I, if if five guys wanted to come and steal a, you know, a cheap Rolex off my wrist, okay, you're probably going to leather me, but I'm going to try and, like, make one of you blind for the rest of your life or never be able to have kids. I think some people, it's a shame, because not only are they caught in these situations where they're like, holy shit, I'm getting robbed, but they're also just just weak mate one of the things
0: that we spoke about last time was that circle of friendship that you've got and choosing those very carefully as you're saying there mm. by people in one of the lifers, I don't have any shite bag friends mm. people that would back you up yeah And it's funny you mentioned Patrick Bet-David because one of the things that I wrote down in preparation for this was he has a concept about choosing your running mates wisely. In the same way people say choose your enemies wisely, he talks about choosing, I think that's what his new book's called actually, but choosing your running mates wisely is something he talks about. And that's the people that you spend time with. And he optimises for a number of things. Character, trust, work ethic, vision, true believers in you, a competency skill set and a Rolodex of contacts. And when you and I have spoken about friendship and the people that we've surrounded ourselves with in in the last few years, I certainly optimize for a number of those different characteristics. And you're talking there about somebody as an operator your running mates and the people you spend time with, if they are good level operators, there's that classic Jim Rohn, the five people you spend the most time with, are you tend to be a product of those. Mm. I completely agree with that, but I also completely understand from like a security, a reassurance perspective, having people around you who hold the same values as you, who back you Mm -hmm. metaphorically and physically is so, so important.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess it's like people always use that mad analogy of like, your, your true friend might be the person that you phone when you need to hide a dead body or something like that, right? My, my, there's two very simple mental tests that I put myself through, and you, you'll have heard this in videos before, yes, it's one, the can't fight, if you're shite at fighting, cool, won't fight, that's not happening, right? Because I, I, if my, my, this was instilled to me very young, if one of my mates is getting leathered off like six guys, I can't, the logic is he's getting leathered off six guys. I am one man. I'm not he man. Better he get leathered than me. It's just not how it works. It's not me going to be like, by the way, can I just lie down beside him now you can jump on me as well? You, you need to try and do something to help that friend. Even if you're really ter- terrible at fighting, you fight that like fairy, whatever. You, you you can't do that. And the other one that I've always thought about is, obviously my sister's like an adult now, right? So it might be good for some people to say like, your daughter, but think about a woman that you feel is like in your care or a girl that you feel is in your care, if I don't think that I could leave, if I couldn't be like, call, I need to go right now. It's something really important. Please watch her for like the next couple of hours. Right. You may have to Google how to change a nappy or whatever. Right. But if I felt comfortable doing that, that's a huge test. It's a great stress so test. So that's your brother's not getting near any, any female in my family so your brother's not one of my real friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be so upset. Hoping, <laughs> he was hoping for a positive mention in this podcast. He, he will be, get he, one further along. along. Yeah, yeah, come on. But Big I, up, Ian. Yeah, c- com- completely agree. And I do think the people that you spend time with uh, is, is so, so important and having a level of trust and connection mm-hmm. with them as well. In terms of that running mate piece, what else
1: do you look for in the people that you spend time with that's of value? What traits? Um, financial motivation, I think, is is very natural. Um, I think if you're a man and you don't have a degree of financial motivation, everyone, what is good pay to one person might be terrible pay to another, might be excellent pay to someone else, right? So it's not about constantly wanting to be Millionaire, decamillionaire, centimillionaire, like, great, that's amazing. But having some degree of financial motivation, that doesn't mean strictly you need to be self-employed, an entrepreneur, a business owner. But I think being motivated by, <clears throat> you know, money, success and achievements is, is never a bad thing because <clears throat> you need to fear the green-eyed monster, man. Like, it's, it's a real big issue. And there's people who were friends of mine who... I would I would have still considered them friends if you didn't hear what they actually think about you through other people. And everything changes when you start to have a bit of money in here. I might not help myself talking shite to people, ripping fuck out of people on the internet, right? I, I get that. So so that's fine. like I said to you in our first exchange, I, I might not be everyone's cup of tea. I don't I don't want to be everyone's cup of tea. You know, I I could be someone's cup of piss for all I care. I don't care, right? Like I, I don't need I don't need a whole volume of people to, to like me. I've got my close circle and that's it. But I think if if a man's not... I, and the reason I'm saying a man is because I do not have female friends. That That is just me. Is it like a thing that I have to toss and turn at night like, oh my goodness, I don't want to have a female friend? No, right? I just... I, I don't... I love like the women I work with and stuff like that and I can sit and chat to them all day. But like, if I'm like, oh, I've got a spare afternoon off. Th- th- there's not a, a female friend in my phone book that I'm going to call. Oh, what are you up to? You to go and do something? Like, th- that's that's not me. So that's the reason I say men is because my friends are exclusively men. Um, and I think if you're a man that doesn't have a degree of financial motivation, like, I, I need to question. Did you struggle to relate to them as well? I struggle to relate to them, but also just question intrinsically your value. Like, when it comes to the time for you to be a father, or, the, the because my opinion is, is your missus comes home, maybe even it's not your missus, maybe it's, oh my goodness, I accidentally got someone pregnant, or whatever, right? But your missus comes home and she goes, call, I'm pregnant. You should be able to say to her, sweetheart, first thing you do tomorrow, let them know, hand in your notice. Maybe you want to work a couple more weeks to get your maternity pay or whatever, right, if you want that little bonus to do that But... Like, you should be able to, without completely bricking it, completely support that household, without having to say to your missus, hen, I know you're used to getting, like, after tax, two grand a month, but we need to cut it down a little bit. And by the way, a good woman will be fine with it, right? But I wouldn't be fine with myself doing that. It's not... Sometimes I hate how helpful some women can be, because they're like, it's fine, I don't care. I'm like, that's excellent, I need to look at myself in the fucking mirror in the morning, right? So... It may be excellent for you, but it's cool. It's about
0: what's going on inside your head. I, I I completely understand that. And one of your highest values is being able to provide for mm. those around you. And I mm. think it's a, it's a positive masculine trait. People talk yeah. about toxic masculinity. And, and one of the reasons, again- Toxic masculinity
1: hardly even exists, mate. It's like,
0: it's, 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 it's a pure fallacy 99% of the time. It's wild. I'll, I'll always hear that example on, on podcasts when they talk about, do you remember the- the screening of the Batman film with Joker uh, with Heath Ledger. Yeah. There, was a sh- there was a shooting at it in... That guy cinema that dyed his
1: hair orange and shit.
0: I believe he went into the cinema and he opened fire oh, and three men threw themselves on top of wow. their partner's bodies and they were the ones that of course died yeah nobody was talking about toxic masculinity at that point in time because their natural masculine instinct and urge to protect kicked in in the same way that from a natural masculine perspective you have an urge to provide financially and support
1: that's completely healthy it's not a controlling place it's coming from a place of like support do you know what's mad this might sound like a bit psychotic here right but i was talking about this a a few weeks ago with someone and you, you have that example there or like i can't remember the guy's name and it was he was like a poster for the toxic masculinity kind of thing it was it was a guy in like i don't know if it maybe was like palestine or israel or some type of arabic nation but he'd like jumped on like an, a guy with a suicide bomb and been blown to pieces and saved everyone's lives right and people are like where's the toxic masculinity now and all that kind of stuff but like how how amazing would it be to die for a reason like, how incredible would that be? Because I think about... Yeah, I want a long, amazing, healthy life. I want to see my kids grow up, grandkids, all that kind of stuff, right? But I have this this natural predisposition to to die in a worthy way. For a cause. Yeah. Like, how incredible must that feel, right? Not at, at the moment, maybe having yourself blown open or whatever, right? I'm not talking about physically, but like lying in your hospital bed and dying and I don't even mean like without dignity like as if you've lost all capacity or whatever, I I just mean dying of old age it just, it's so boring mate, right, it's so boring now, the story before it maybe wasn't so boring but, like jumping in front of your partner and taking a bullet or your friend's getting laid into and somebody's got to stab you get stabbed, you die it sounds mad but what a fucking worthy way to die mate what, a, what an excellent way Re, to die.
0: Really fatalistic, but again, I think it speaks to the kind of character that you've got in terms of yourself, I, as somebody that wants to contribute to those around them through leading by example
1: almost. Yeah, and I, th- I think it, it's great. We see it in scripture as well. Greater la- eh, love hath no man than he who laid down his life for his friends. And it's it, like, you just see that. And I don't know if it's like, because we, our generation has never had like a, The young men of our generation have never had a legacy war. There was never a thing that's like, right, call, boots on. We're going, right? And it's funny because there never will be again because wars aren't fought by men now, right? It's like the the boys that people would have thought were weird in school are now advanced drone pilots because they racked up however many hours on aircraft simulator in their mum's basement, right? It's like those are the people who are deciding, oh yeah, we're going to blow this fella's house up, right? But I just feel like... Maybe you get a bit of it from, from fighting, or you get a bit of it from being athletic or trying to be strong, or whatever. So that's why I said trying to be strong because I can't refer to myself as strong as of yet. Working but, on it. Working on it for sure. But maybe that suppresses it slightly. But then I think, like, there is no real way to get that natural masculine from
0: fighting, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. But also, I think masculinity is so heavily attacked in the world now so uh, people are people are scared to say like like uh, the other day someone asked me oh like w- w- why is it you went to you know New York for like four days and I was like to watch the UFC and they were like oh like as if it's pure barbaric and I, I just said to them I said oh I love fighting and you'd have thought I said to them like I've just hit your cat with a fucking hockey stick Th- they were like so taken aback by it and it's like how many people have to like You might even see it in a corporate environment, right? Will you... I'm not saying you have to keep your mouth shut because you're not abrasive anyway, but if you were maybe a bit more outspoken like I was, you would have to think to yourself, oh yeah, I need to maybe tone it down slightly here. I have to tone down my
0: intensity. Because of the nature of my role in terms of as a sales director, I'm bringing in new stuff all the time. And my task was brought to this company to massively grow the revenue and that's been a success. But people who do their job on a day-to-day basis in operations and stock and product, they are, with the most respect ever... They're toddling along, just doing their thing. Mm -hmm. Pen pushers. Mm -hmm. When you bring in something new and you're like, we're going to go from 1 million to 3 million worth of sales, they're like, that sounds like a lot of work for me. That sounds stressful. So I have to tone down my excitement sometimes about a new project we're bringing in or whatever else. So I I completely see what you're saying. And and judging what elements of your character you can bring to a situation is actually really important. Mm -hmm. In the same way, as a really um, like real example, we were at the golf range, and a wee boy wanted to come across and sit in your McLaren you oh yeah that was you. great golf. Yeah. you didn't come with like brash energy about your car at that point you were like "Ah, are you young man great to see you like what do you want to do when you grow mm. up do you want to drive one of these etc and you spoke in a a different tone of voice yeah because you have to you have to measure yourself in these circumstances in of the course. same way if i'm in front of the the guys that love spreadsheets about stocks of furniture i'm not going to come in as the sales guy that's just done a presentation where i'm like oh my god we've just won a million pound contract let's go
1: yeah you can't bring that energy otherwise you need you're... to wear different jackets depending on who you're interacting with uh?
0: yeah exactly yeah that. that's funny
1: i think something that
0: you've worked on and that has not been as public that i really want to get into is understanding your persona and your self-awareness and I've been behind the scenes of the Young Entrepreneur Society through some support of the podcast and through our friendship and one of the things you talked about in a call with the, the students was your villain side and understanding how you're wired in that sense and like painting this persona which has helped you to perform at your best which mm. a lot of people don't see behind the scenes all the work that goes into building out a financial freedom summit into building out growth getters to bringing out building out the yes academy what is the the villain side and
1: what's that concept all about yeah so it's it's, it's a exercise called building your villain and I'll be I did not invent this I, t- I took this from uh, from Andrew Tate that's who I took it from right and you say say what you want about him don't care that there is one of the most exceptional concepts I've ever seen in my life. Now, by the way, he might have got it off some other guy. I don't know if he invented it. Probably not, right? But that's where I got it from. So for anyone watching this, I didn't invent this, right? But it's something that I push to to everyone. So people are always busy. The competition is comparison, which, by the way, is fine, right? It's totally fine. You can look at someone, as long as it's not like, evil, jealous competitions, oh, is always like, fuck, that person's much bigger, much stronger than me, I would love to get like that, and you use that as a, a motivation or, or whatever, right? But l- loads of people forget about the alternate version of them that could exist, right? Now, every superhero movie you watch, why is it that the villain is often a relation? ...or a distant cousin... ...or the one who took them in when their parents died... ...the the, the villain and the hero are never strangers... ...maybe haven't seen each other for a long time... ...but they're never strangers, right? And oftentimes the hero has came to Earth to live a normal life... ...or... Maybe they're not a, a superheroes, maybe they're like a Tony Stark, but he's got all this technology and he's focused on, I've got kids and I've got a life, I've got this human experience, right? But what is the villain focused on? The villain is bent on one thing, your complete destruction and they'll go. That is it, right? So I, I created this thing called a villain list and it was like, okay, if I was the perfect version of myself, what are the things that I would do, Right. And it goes down to I've got a list of about 140 different things that goes from like and it sounds daft because I know I've got nice teeth. It's like reminding myself definitely brush your teeth twice a day. Well, after shave every single day. Don't look. Sometimes I'm like I'm wearing a tracky heel just now, right? But if you're doing that, clean trainers, clean clothes, fresh haircut, all that, I weigh down into other things, right? Now like, this is one of the things that really helps me train to failure, the training plan that I'm on just now with, with Dylan Guthrie, uh, from OG's coaching, it's everything's to failure, every single thing, right, and I used to kinda, I would do it to, I think there's levels to failure, right, but, like, today, for example, I done legs today, I'm absolutely fucked, and I was on the leg extension, and, like, the last rep, if someone looked over, they'd be like, oh, someone get the defibrillator, this guy's Foam it at the mouth because if I sat beside that peak evil crazily motivated version of me I, I can never keep up. When I decide oh there's only a wee bit of that protein shake left it tastes like shit. He that he's already drank it. He's on the fucking selving tour right? I've done 15 reps on that and I'm shaking like a shitting dog, trying to get it up. I'm screaming and David Lloyd ran through like, trying to get this fucking thing up. And everyone's looking at me like, you're an absolute freak. That version of me, he's already on a different machine. You're using that to tap into what you're capable of. 100% because at the end of the day, people are too busy looking around and here and there, looking for motivation elsewhere. There is a version of you that could exist. Right. And if I need to compare myself to that person who does not care, oh, I'm tired this morning, oh my back sore, oh had a late night last night,
0: don't care. I've said this a number of times in the show. True hell is when the version of you that you could have been meets the version that you are. And how bad would it be if that version that you could have been is so much better? Like there's a huge delta. They're more muscular, they're more successful, they've got a better family life, they've got a better relationship, they've got a better self talk, whatever it is that's mm. the metric. That's awful because you could have achieved that
1: if yeah. you'd done the work when you said you were going to. For sure, mate, for sure. It's just, I, I find it easier to be in competition with myself because I like to think I hold myself to higher standards than maybe some other people. Maybe people hold me to higher standards in specific things, but me across the board, that's why I've been, and you know this because you're one of my friends, that's why for the last eight weeks or so, and a little bit before then, but I wasn't as, as diligent. Know, Yes, and I, I wasn't as regimented either. Like, I let myself get to a place physically, which was, in my opinion, abhorrent. There was a like, photo you saw of yourself you weren't happy with. Oh, wow, mate, wow, like... It's not anywhere online for anyone looking. No, no, it's not. It was It was a video, it was a video. Do you know what's so funny? I look back at that last podcast of me and you, and I was in like a real fitness thing then and I could see that I looked bigger and stuff like that and um, you know now the way I'm training my body fat's really down so my, my my face always goes thinner first and I was looking back then I was like oh yeah I'm looking quite full and stuff like that. that's good and I guess when you're looking at yourself every day you don't see those little changes right and you know so, some people around me would be because I, I don't I don't wear bad health that much like I, I would never unless I got really huge or whatever, would have like a fat face. So if I've got a jacket on or that, you're never going to tell. And I seen this video of myself um, with Jim from the Vortex Centre, if you know Jim. And it was myself, Paul, Richard Swan, all those guys that you, you'll have met at the office. And we'd went to to Jim's just to use the ice bath facilities and do some breathing in that. And Paul took a video of me getting inside the cold tub. And he, he sent me it. And the word I would use, although I'm not like a emotional person, sorry, I'm a very emotional person with certain emotions. I'm not someone who gets upset easily, but like, that's the best way to describe it. I just looked at it and I was like, it was, the disappointment was crazy, was, mate. The, you, crazy. You, you
0: said to me, like, I'm disappointed with how I look right
1: now. Yeah. And I was like, I've never had you say that to me before mate, it's mad, and I'm never going to be someone who's, like, scared to take their t-shirt off or whatever, right, I'm not that guy, but, like, I looked at myself differently, mate, like, I was looking in the mirror at the gym, and if I was wearing, like, a football top that was slightly tighter fitted, I would, I would pick out a big loose XL Yes t-shirt to go to the gym, and it's just, when you get to that point, it's just, like, crazy, but then also when I think about how I was eating, it was showing in what you, you are
0: you consume largely over Whoa. a longer period. Yeah, your habits from six months loser. ago are gonna re, are, are gonna be reflected. In terms of what you were doing diet wise, business wise, you're still mm. dialed, you're pushing forward, you're building some really cool stuff, but you weren't training nearly as much and you were you what
1: you were putting in your body wasn't good. Yeah, much. yeah, it's mad, mate. So that is that right there is the the single I could end this year, yeah, the business has grown, new programmes, new ideas, new partnerships, all very exciting, bigger team. Um, all that stuff—that right there, having choosing to what one online coach, special, it's been a big difference for me because I could piggyback what you do, no bother, and surely get a result. But I also have that degree of accountability from someone you pay. Do you get what I'm saying? It's it's like you're priced in. Literally, it's not a. A huge amount of money It would
0: but make a lot of sense Based on everything else That you've done Yeah Paid for mentorships Paid for masterminds 100%. Paid for courses Yeah man Launched your own Off the back of those And bringing your version of those mm-hmm. Are
1: it we do fitness sense, plans know, next Yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> But um, mate that's That's the best decision I've made all year The absolute best decision I've made all year The difference I feel I actually feel stronger I feel like I look better Just, just everything It's fucking excellent mate It's excellent I
0: always say fitness Is a bit of a gateway drug and it's a bit of an entry, it's like the pebble at the top of the hill that starts Mm. the avalanche. If that's going well, then so many other things tend to go well in people's lives. Don't get me wrong, there'll be loads of examples of guys with rippling muscular physiques that are absolutely crumbling all over the place. But if you in general are training well, eating well, you're probably going to be functioning at a level where you just feel better about yourself.
1: I I think so as well. Everything's better. My sleep's generally better and stuff like that. It's just, I I feel like, not in an evil sense, but I feel like I'm in my villain arc just now. I genuinely feel like I'm in my villain arc. So I'm just in this mad scientist. Like, my the way I've designed my life right now is like being locked in a lab. And I love it, mate. Like, it's so good. I wake up. I do the same things every day. I'm eating the same things every day. Like... I feel like... There's a
0: reason why Steve Jobs and people like that or Mark Zuckerberg wear the same uniform. It removes decision fatigue. And think about all the micro decisions that you have to put energy towards other day when it comes to your businesses. That's a really let good point. let save on those and that energy and I'll just eat all the same things. Like, yeah. I eat roughly very much the same things every day.
1: Yeah, and I'm not having, like, flavour fatigue or anything just now because of the level of motivation I feel. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? So I'm like, I don't care. I, I actually, I don't feel like I'm processing nice or not nice i feel like i'm just seeing stuff as fuel just now which is probably why my eating habits have changed as well right so all i see is is fuel so i'm just like wake up i know that i eat this thing here i know that i take the dog to the nursery then i go to the office then i'm doing bang 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 then i train then i get a it. and like i feel like most people would be like wow that's my idea of hell like that is just so hellish but there's been so many over the past couple of months uncertainties about my life that see having that now and being in this space. But I feel I feel so locked in. It's crazy. Like I feel that like I am now before at twenty-five years old, driving a supercar, making really good money, As I said, Yeah, I'm in my peak. Mate, I'm not even close. I'm this there's is me, potential still. Bro, right now. I'm just I'm scratching and see, see when see when I'm done scratching, and I really start to break the skin, people are in fucking trouble, mate. And I don't mean trouble as in, like, I'm going to start walking down the street and, like, slapping people together like a pair of, like, dusty sandals. I mean, like, no one will be able to see me as competition. This, this sounds nuts, right? And I've had this realisation over the past couple of weeks that I actually think I'm, like, a little bit insane... Not not like clinically need medication, right? But I'm like, I'm for sure a nutter in some way because how many people can can stomach doing the same thing every day, right? And I, I enjoy what I do, but th- this is the thing that people say, oh, I don't enjoy my job. Yeah, if work was fun, it would be you fucking paying to do it, you daft bastard, right? What's well, not meant to be fun? Fucking shut up, keep going. Like, that's what it's like. But doing the same thing every day, the same training, mate, I wear the same couple of joggy sets every single day, I think the same, I work until 11, 12 o'clock at night just now, like before, I was thinking to myself, oh my god, I got a bit of cash in the bank, I can sit about do what the fuck I want, six, seven holidays a year, yeah, I've still been on like, I've still got two holidays left, before the end of the year, right, see, so I'm still doing stuff like that, but mate, when I'm on those holidays, when I'm on flights, I get in these, these moments where you ca- you cannot break my focus. Like, it's like, we obviously use the traffic light system in the office that helps sometimes yep. as well, right? But I, mate, I've just got to this point now, I just lock my door. I don't care if you're banging like, help, the big scary man's here. I'm in the zone. So I, I genuinely think that over the next couple of years, and it excites me, and I, I genuinely, before I would be saying it with arrogance, which by the way, there's a time place for arrogance and I still love doing it because it can be fun. But I'm genuinely like, the idea of what I am going to be like in two years time it intimidates me do you know the Tim Ferriss concept crushing a Tuesday
0: he basically talks about how if your average Tuesday you wake up excited to do it then you are in a really good position in life Mm. and the way you're talking about your day to day schedule just now you're kind of winning because your Tuesday is is great my Tuesday's cool but Tuesday's such an average day for most people in the working week isn't it they're kind of like oh Tuesday
1: Tuesday's um, I always find this a really good analogy right i think um i think takeaways are a great example for um habits and cycles of human beings right especially when it comes to ease of access of food laziness when they would feel like they're most tired or where because takeaways people generally say oh i deserve one because today is x there's a reason why most takeaways are normally shot on tuesdays because here's the logic of the week and this says a lot about psychology right by the way I, I bet Tim Ferriss wasn't thinking about this because no, we're just no. so Scottish talking about takeaways. Exactly. Mate, I've never read this anyway. Uh, anywhere. I, I, this is my own personal study and I was looking through Facebook business and all that, right? To, to find where these places are open. Monday, you come in. Oh my God, first day of the week. Tired, right? Wednesday, middle of the week. Hump day. Need a little pick-me-up. Thursday, it's the day before Friday. Weekend's coming up. Friday, payday. Uh, it's Friday, end of the yeah. week. You know what I mean? Saturday. Um, oh, gonna have a couple of drinks, have a takeaway. Sunday, oh, I'm hungover. I'm gonna have a takeaway. Tuesday is that dead day. Tuesday is like the least significant day of the week. Now, for me, my, minus Sundays now because of you know religion, Which basically, we get on to. yeah, yeah, we'll speak about that. Um, I, I see every day of the week is the same. St. and Saturdays, awesome, but if you think I'm not worth then going to the football, then going home to work. People might think like, oh, Richard, that sounds miserable and all that. You don't know how great it feels to be in a position where you're enjoying working yourself to death.
0: One of the phrases that, again, I use all the time on the show and people are regular listeners will be laughing down the rave just now is the tools will be heavy, but they'll feel light in your hands. Mm. And so what you're doing is not easy, but it doesn't always feel like work to you and if people look at what i've done with this show to grow it to where it's got to alongside progressing a corporate career that's not easy and but, keeping yourself
1: in shape and but
0: some of it blah, but blah. some of it comes to me relatively easy mm. researching for upcoming guests love it having the conversations love it I feel come away like stimulated. Some people, it would be their idea of a nightmare or they would be so worried or so anxious about how they would deliver the conversation that they wouldn't enjoy the moment, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Whereas I'm getting to speak to all sorts of interesting people and it feels great. I'm in like a full state during it. Yeah. So the tools are heavy. Podcasting is difficult. Most shows are tragic and they fail or they totter along to a relatively anonymous basis. Yeah. But... They feel it feels relatively light to me because I've found a flow in it. In the same way, there's obviously times in work I find it uh, really, really anno- annoying and stressful and challenging. But as a salesman, I find that relatively easy. I'm much more comfortable on the phone presenting than the vast majority of people mm-hmm. because of the skill set I've grooved over time. So the tools feel lighter to me than they do to somebody else. Yeah, and if you look at what you're doing just now. Some people, it'd be the idea of hell, as you said, on a Saturday working before going to the football. No, they want to be in the pub or at the bookies putting on a bed or whatever, or whatever it is they're wanting to do. Yeah, But you're like, oh no, I'm on the laptop because I'm, I'm building something that feels good for me to build right now.
1: I think for some people, the concept of work is just intrinsically negative. Mm. Because it's like most people are not going to enjoy what they do. Like I already said there, if work was fun, you would pay to do it, right? It's like, if you are getting paid to do it, it's not, that's the value exchange. It's not about enjoying it. Now, most of our staff really enjoy working with us and there's loads of great benefit, you know, we went to Marbella with all of them and stuff like that. So stuff stuff like that is great and we invest a lot into like the team that's there. Um, But they see the term of work just as a blanket negative because all you hear throughout your life is oh, I don't want to go work you see with your parents it's just natural right and you know in Scotland we always complain about rain and bad weather and stuff and I was reading a thing today about th- this boy on it's pure totally not something I would normally do but this boy makes music in America and it, it was just this this TikTok thing came up and it was just him talking about what it was like having his dad die at a young age Obviously not happened to me, thankfully, nor yourself. Um, and it was just one quote. Um, the grass only grows when it's raining. And I was like, you know what? We f- fucking rain, this is shit. I'm going to put my fucking jacket on and blah, 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 blah. So, so, like, you're cursing that negative. But it's, it's, give, it's not just growing the grass. It's growing however many things. Right, I'm sure there's going to be people sitting there, like, actually, you know, hydration <laughs> systems and all that. Shut the fuck up, right? But... The, the concept of that quote is so important. They say, oh, work, work, work. Like, <clears throat> I'm away from having to, and I'm now in a place in my life that everything is I get to. I was talking about this yesterday. So I'm not saying, oh, boys, sorry, I have to wake up early tomorrow, I'm going to go home. Like, I get to do that. I get to wake up early. I get to, you know, spend an absurd amount of money to most people to have my wee tiny dog looked after by a high quality nursery every single day of the week so that i can like i get to then go to my office and i get to build something that is meaningful and i get to train and then i get to make food and i get to tidy up a little bit obviously i've got a cleaner because you know i'm, I'm useless at actually staying on top of everything but i get to do all these things so many people just a small change in language mate Cognitively can have such a massive effect on people Because it's just I have to do this I need to do that But you don't fucking need to do anything You don't need to do a single thing You may feel that you are Contractually obliged to You may feel that You know Societally you need to You don't fucking need to do a single thing Right So yeah you can have to Oh I have to I have to Fucking boo-hoo, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, you get in... this is The get-to doesn't come from... I hate the argument of, oh, you know, well, you should be happy there's starving kids in Africa. Yeah, bro, there's relativity in everything. important,
0: but at the same there's time, relativity. it's not the be-all and the end-all. Uh, how you frame things in the language you use is something that I've explored a lot with different, like, mindset coordinators in the US. They have a lot more of these people mm. at different sports teams. So a lady called Lauren Johnson was the perform- mental performance coach at the Yankees, had her on the show, and a lady called Hannah Huseman who was... I think the Texas Rangers and they spoke both about the same thing one of the most common terms that's used in sport is nervous so nervous before you play nervous before a trial whatever it is switching that to excited has notable tangible benefits in terms of the neurons that are firing off in your head but of course then your performance there afterwards so I could say that I'm nervous before I, I open the Streamyard call to go on with Sahil Bloom and interview a guy who's got a million yeah. Twitter followers or I could say I'm excited And yes, there's energy inside me that's nervous energy, but I've reframed it to excited energy. So I'm going to be more articulate. I'm going to be more on the ball. I'm going to listen more carefully and come back to him with something that's more interesting than if I was maybe placid or maybe downregulated. I'm like benefiting from that. I'm like, oh, that nervous energy is excitatory power.
1: It's different words, Mm. different outcomes. I think so many people speak... Negativity into existence, and I'm not talking about that in terms of the universe is going to heal you and fucking Buddha's going to fly down, slap you in the wrist. Or whatever shape people listen to these days, I just mean you know you are an, you can become your own echo chamber, and if you constantly tell yourself something enough, it's it's, it's probably going to come true. You know, at the moment you're telling yourself that you're living a great life. Mm-hmm. You feel that way, yeah. And and wh- why would I not? You know what I mean. And do you know what the thing is, mate. Like my my character development uh, if you asked me on the last podcast you might even have i don't know no you definitely didn't like if i thought what i'd be like right now com- compared to who i would have thought i would be now i'd be a million miles off mate like i'm a, a million miles off because you know i am i'm i'm so much happier with myself now there's always things that you want to to change but even it, like I've got into this thing now This again does not help me Saying that I think I'm a bit insane I'm in a real flow of loving To talk to myself at the moment But like in the gym I've seen you I on the d- leg extension like that. But I would just I would just talk to myself The other day I'm doing like Front uh raises With barbell And like Do you know You guys might know him You know Thomas Agoitis He runs Pack Performance Yes bro. I love this guy Right You'll never follow someone more entertaining, but also just incredibly driven and fucking nuts. And I was going to say equal measure, not his nuts scales off the chart, right? And I remember once he was going to do a fucking race somewhere and I just dropped him a message. Me and I am not like super close, but when we see each other, we'll talk and stuff. And I dropped him a message like, mate, Good luck and all that, right? And it's so funny this packed performance and you know the, the painted logo outside all like big XL bullies and that, right? But this guy just sends me a voice message back on this dog's hungry. ruff, <laughs> ruff. <laughs> 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 like barking down the phone and I'm like, What the fuck? this guy fucking lost it. But part of me's like he's just in this fucking zone, right? So I've I, I don't know if it's like I've been motivated by Thomas, or something, but I me, mean, I've unlocked this like this like hang inside me. So like Today I'm like on the leg extension, try to get them up, and I'm I'm just like it's not just like uh, I'm like fucking come like come on, come on, come on, come on. But then when I get off the machine, I'm going, yeah, yeah, I was fucking good. Good, 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 that was fucking good. And I'm banging myself <laughs> in that because I'm just like You're gonna get us fucking, fucking longer. Yeah, I've fucking lost my marbles. But um But it just it just I don't know. I get this degree of motivation from myself. Maybe it's like Gollum and Smeagol. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure that, that's, that can be medically diagnosed. Yeah, but. Schizophrenia, yeah. Richard and <laughs> who? What's your other guy called? Uh, at br- Dixon. I, at Dixon. I fucking swear to God. I tried to claim my money back from PayPal. do won't give me it. Fucking raging, man.
0: <laughs> Something else that's changed has been your public discussion of faith. Yes. And you've, you've quoted from the, the scripture during this mm. episode already. How has that changed over
1: the last little while? That's been... Well, I can't even explain it, mate. Let's go back then. Did yeah, you grow up religious? It? No, no. My, my parents aren't married. Um, I th- my mum is particularly dubious and scared of religion because she was brought up a Mormon, um, which, you know, my, my, my mum's mum decided to become a, a Mormon. And I think my mum growing up in that, and... It, she, she was just kind of terrified by it. I think I maybe touched that on the podcast last time because she was worried about me going to the Grand Cardone event thinking I was going to get signed up to, like, Scientology or something, right? So my mum's always been a bit fucking, like, conscious of religion. Now, like, I, I went to churches and stuff when I was younger because my wee mate would go and I, I would see it as, like, a thing to do on a Sunday and I'd ask my mum, can I go to the church? Yeah, my mum was never like, no, you can't go, like... But I would just go because you know there's biscuits at the end or, or whatever. That that was it. The same way that I've been into many mosques, Gurdwaras, different you know places of of worship. I've been I've been to so many, but it was n- it never had any significance Ignition. to me. Like maybe it was because I went to Scouts there and the odd time as a scout. You need to go to Remembrance Day service. So do you get what I mean? Like it had no significance to me. It was an activity. That's what it was. You know. So nah, no, nobody in my family's religious whatsoever. How's it developed recently? Hugely Like It's It's very hard It's hard to describe I think if If you're having a conversation With someone who Who Understands it That's not me saying that like You should have prepared by Meeting Jesus or whatever right But It's, it's hard That like, this is why most people think that I'm going to use the term born again Christians. Loads of people think that is a type of Christianity and everyone's like body popping in a fucking community centre somewhere, right? That's that's not what I'm talking about. I just talk about people who feel that they have been reborn through a religion. Slate's wiped clean. Everything's gone, right? Um, that's what I'm talking about. As soon as I start talking about that, I know that potentially the man behind the camera here or Gabriel taking photos might be nodding here but thinking in the head, this guy sounds nuts because it's a mad concept if you've not experienced it, right, and you hear street preachers or whoever, and for all I know, you guys could be super religious. I'm not sure. You definitely aren't, Gabriel. But um, <laughs> I don't know who you may be. Um, but you, you get my point. It does sound nuts. So for me, that development, you know, from walking, walking into the church for the first time with intention in my life, to now, you know, having went around different churches to see you know, what's for me, and also, you know, moving house and all that stuff as well, and logistically sometimes can be easier, and find finding a place now, and by the way, you know, Christianity, it, it's not always the, the nicest, most fair thing in the world, right? Because, who wouldn't want to go to a church that's all clapping and happy and God loves everyone and this is great and, and blah, 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 blah. Like, this is the greatest way that it was explained to me very early on, and it was a, uh, a terrifying realisation That you know even, even the Christians of the world You know There's this, there's this massive Wide path that Everyone's going down And how often I hear Oh you know I was I was baptised When I was younger I don't really go to church Or believe But I've been a good person My whole life So hopefully That's going to count for something That counts for nothing Nothing In right? the
0: eyes of God Nothing Nothing
1: Nothing yep. uh, Christ said that nobody will get to the Father except through me, the Son, right? You believe in Christ, you get the gift of eternal life. That is it, right? But you don't, you don't believe in Christ. It's historically proven that he existed, right? So it's not believing that he was a person. It's believing in him as the flesh representation of God, the that part of the Holy Trinity and as the the saviour of mankind, right? That's what you'll believe in. And so many people just have this mad idea, of what they think religion is. You know, I, I spoke about this, and I'm going to say exactly who it was. I spoke about this with Kaz Milligan the other day. Okay. Right? So, I see Kaz he always wears a cross and stuff like that, right? And, that, by the way, some people might wear it as a, a fashion thing, you know, it's, it's a very well-recognised symbol, like I get that. And he posted a thing on his, his story with him and his, uh, his girlfriend, Gigi, um, who I've never met, by the way, I, I just know through um, social media i just put this thing up like oh who wants to do a, a tarot reading and, and do a psychic thing like on my tiktok for me and Gigi? and i've just felt this need to reply and i just said i was like bro you, you can't be wearing a cross and, and doing stuff like that and
0: partaking in activity that's
1: against you can, it okay. you can't be doing stuff like that loads of people don't know like i, I remember I got invited to something there was someone there who was a psychic and doing all these things and she's like yeah but i'm christian too i was like yeah you don't need to worry about the cost. Of energy prices rising because you're gonna be somewhere roasting, soon, sweetheart, and it's no <laughs> planet Earth, right? Because it's 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 very clearly Saul consults the witch of Endor in the Bible. He's sentenced to death by God for consulting a, a an ungodly spirit, basically, right? So mediums and I, so I said to Kaz, I was like, bro, you can't be doing that. And Kaz's response, by the way. Some people have a mad idea of Kaz he's a mad helmet all the time and stuff like that. I get on with him really you well. Know much better he's most. also very respectful to me as well, I think, because um I think he, he maybe has some respect for what I've done in business and he likes that. And you know, I, we have a good degree of respect. And he was like, Oh, you know, my relationship with God, this is what. And as soon as I hear someone say, My relationship with God, I'm like, Right. And he strapped myself in now, right? She's like, My relationship with God is I pray, but and when I pray, I think about Jesus, but I'm not sure if I, I wouldn't call myself a Christian. And he's Hearing my prayers, and I'm like, bro, that's called grace. He's not answering your prayers because he thinks you're an amazing person. He's answering your prayers saying, Kaz, please listen to me, I'm real. But no one's gonna come to me except through my son. I'm answering these so that you can see that I'm real. And you pick up the book and, and you walk through the doors and you you hear the sermon, you hear the words, you 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 come forth and you profess your love for God. You, that, that's what it is, you repent of your sins. That that is what he he needed to do. And I said this to him, I was like, bro, your relationship with God is based on grace. But the one thing you might be getting your prayers answered, but you're not gonna go to heaven. That's the reality of it. And See to be fit him went on deleted the stories. He said to me, "Bro, how do I pray? How should I pray then?" She says, "Cause I just sit down, and I, I just think." And- we,
0: we live in a secular
1: society now, largely Christian. Well, we, no, we Chris- live in a Christian nation. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not. List. It's
0: not, is it? Um, because the number of people that are practicing in the way that you're speaking about is very, very low. Um, I don't. And haven't explored my faith to the extent that my background may be in the I, mm. I, I went to church as a little boy and then we started playing rugby on a Sunday morning at the same time as church. So very, in a very heathen behaviour, we sure. going to church. For sure. And that and, and <laughs> it was never pushed on me to then go back. Yeah, I've yeah. never considered to go back. I have, however, spoken to a lot of people across the podcast whose faith has been a guiding light for them during very difficult times. And I can have a lot of appreciation for that. I've also become far more spiritual during the last three years of interviewing mm. people because I've become much more open-minded to different people's perspectives yeah, yeah. and the way that you speak about the Lord now and praying and grace and heaven mm. it's based on your perspective and your interpretation of it and it's guiding you in a way that seems to be really positive as well yeah. so complete time for it I guess if I'm thinking through the listeners lens what has led you to go so 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 quickly into into this type of
1: face um, I, I didn't lead myself I no longer have an ability to lead myself minus my own personal momentary autonomy right uh, and th- this is the thing when I talk about you know Christianity being unfair sometimes right the reality is is that that God has a chosen people right now that doesn't mean that he is sitting with a book of names that there's some people that might do the most heinous maddest things ever but he's already pre-chosen before they go right That that's not what I'm talking about but the, the easiest way, and it's, it's almost like a parable or an analogy as well, because it makes sense twofold. When you hear your name being called by the shepherd, you will never be led by anyone else, right? Now that is talking about, you know, hearing Christ, but Christ was beyond the shepherd of mankind, leading them towards eternal life. He was literally a sheep herder as a job mm. you know he was he was literally a shepherd right so I think it's quite funny that so I I don't I don't feel that I led myself who, who, am, who am I to lead myself to something that is so are there so particular massive?
0: moments that stand out that opened you up to being open minded to this yeah
1: for sure for sure definitely definitely you know I think he, hearing that being spoken about more do you know who the the single most influential person when it comes to Christianity who has said more, done more than anyone I've ever met. Alexna McFadden, Paul's wife. Paul's wife, yep. Paul's wife. That this woman is relentless, right? But she's not like you know, mind in school that like, people get called Bible bashers and that. Remember mm. that she wasn't like she's no like overbearing or whatever. But she'd just be asking you know how how's your day going, what are you up to, blah, blah blah. You'd be like, oh, something really good be happening. She, oh, praise God, that's amazing. But that was that was her talking to herself. She wasn't like saying, "Oh, well, have you have you thanked God for that thing that happened to you?" Because, and I think that's one of the worst things that people can do is is be overbearing, you know. And obviously, there's a, there's a line there because some people, especially if it's like your family, it's one of the things that you know I think about a lot. It's like, wow, if I'm on this journey, and I feel like my family's not there. It's I'm not going to say upsetting but it feels like there's something missing from my own journey, you know? And that's that's a thing that I kind of have to fight with. But I'm never going to sit down with my family and be like, right guys, you're all going to hell. You just need to come with me this Sunday or never speak to me again. Like, you, you couldn't, they'd be like, you need to go to, like, Curse or something, you've lost. You've completely lost mm. it, right? So Alex and I was just always sprinkling these wee things in, sprinkling these wee things in. And it just makes you think about it more and talk about it more and read you more. Your to be ready though. So yeah. um,
0: somebody can chip away at you, and I'm not saying she chipped away, but she no. sprinkled and uh, you were getting
1: Sprinkles a nice way to put yeah, it. Yeah,
0: exactly. You were getting little bits <laughs> and pieces. And there must have come a tipping point where the sprinklings were of sufficient weight for you to be like, okay, time for me to go to church.
1: Yeah, I think had had a moment. I think I've spoken to you about that that story before. And within that moment, you know, I had what I believe wholeheartedly was was an experience with god right not saying i was walking down the street holding hands but had an experience where it was like it, it was it was indescribable it was also terrifying by the way it was it was completely terrifying right you ready to share that um yeah yeah i'll, I'll share it so you know I, I was away with some friends and you know we're just chilling camping whatever and you know i, I decided Oh, I'm gonna experiment with psychedelics, right? And I have never in my life been like a mad drug user. You, you grew up fighting, hardly drinking. Yeah, still There's don't been occasional
0: drink. Occasional bit, of, uh, occasional bit of partying, but nothing yeah. like. Wild. Oh yeah, I'm not like
1: yeah. pure taking mad rock stars off a snooker table or whatever. Right, it's just that, that's never been my thing. So. But in, in this moment, I was like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, try these different psychedelics and, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, people always talk about, you know, profound trauma-based experiences, so, like, healing trauma. I don't have any trauma to heal. I've seen some pure crackle stuff, but I i don't, like, have, I don't have PTSD, nothing keeps me up at night, I'm not depressed, I never have been. So I, I was thinking, like, oh, am I just going to be one of these guys that just, like, Gouches in a corner Like a, a weirdo And you hear so many people Talk about microdosing And DMT And mushrooms And all this kind of stuff So um, You know Had a, an, an experience there And It was like You ever watched the Take on me music video By AHA Yeah And there was like The family guy version And all that right And it's almost like Black and white But it's like a flick book Of like It moving that, the, the dancers move As it flips, yeah, so. yeah, Yeah 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 Right So Imagine that but it was coloured. It, it was. It wasn't black and white. But I was watching myself. It was almost like watching yourself running strobe lights, right? And I, I was like walking down this like hallway. Started going up these stairs, and I was in my grand's house, right? My nana's house, and you know, like you ever play Call of Duty Four? Keep the Campaign the mode. App it was uh, the very first mission called Wetwork and you're on the ship and it starts sinking and you're having to run with your character at a funny angle because he's like, he's like going on stairs vertically and he's trying to like not fall off. The stairs are like twisting and twisting and twisting and I'm like hanging on and I managed to get up and into my bed in this scenario, right? And I'm like, I'm like lying in my bed and there's a Velox window like there is in my Nana's house, right? And I was lying I was like, whoa, that's mad. And Obviously, I don't know this... ...but every single person who's there is watching me... ...and I'm like making noises and that, right? And uh, people this just sounds so nuts telling this story... ...it's so funny... ...but I'm like lying there... ...and like the Velux like opens up... ...and then like the roof opens up... ...and like these massive set of hands... ...come down and like... ...see if... ...imagine you cupped like a wee, wee mouse or something... Or ...I don't know what the... ...a mouse or a random thing... ...but like cupping something, right... And I'm, like, screaming, mate. Imagine that was happening in real life, right? Even picked up by a giant. Bro, what the heck? Like, it's mad. So I'm getting lifted up, and I'm, like, screaming, 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 screaming. And I can feel the altitude changing. I can feel the oxygen getting thinner. I can feel myself getting colder, as you would if you're at higher altitude, right? And I'm just thinking, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And, like, these hands opened up, and it was, like... Imagine just having a light shone on your face and you're like, whoa, whoa. You're trying to like, look, it's like something at a movie, right? And there was just this, this representation. It wasn't Christ or whatever, right? But there was this representation and I'm like screaming, terrified. And they like leaned forward and kissed me on the head. and was just like, calm, it's fine. And I was like looking and then imagine they just went like this. And I was like falling through the clouds. And it's like, I'm screaming, I'm going, ah, like, because, and I can feel myself, I'm falling, right? And bear in mind, I've been like skydiving and that. It was, you would, have, I was convinced I was falling, right? And then obviously, bear in mind, I'm in a chair. And, and this is what it was like, mate. Like, imagine I'm falling, I'm falling. And imagine I'm aiming for the chair. And I literally went like this and opened my eyes. And everyone was like, you're right. And I was just like, what just happened? Mate, and I don't know if this is this is the same for like all psychedelics or something, right? Because my, my thing was, I can see what a mushroom looks like. That's, it's no nuts. Like it's no, it's not a mad oil, creepy hang or like, for, you see those like acid things. That it's like a pure comic book thing. People are just sticking them in their eyelids and shit, right? But I was like, okay. And then see when I was sitting there, I, I just, it was like, I was like, the clarity of mind was mad, and the next day I went to church. Very next day, and I had a profound emotional experience, not in front of my friends because that's gimpy. But I had like a very profound personal emotional experience that was just like, "What have I been doing? What have I been doing? That this is, this is not right." Do you get what I mean? I just had this. It was crazy, mate. Also, I came up with some of the best ideas we have executed for yes and eventually growth getters that next morning i woke up that next morning and i was just the creativity That was mad one of the things we spoke about when you told me about that experience was it
0: the representation was telling you everything's going to be okay yeah and you almost needed that reassurance that it was going mm. to be fine mm. like richard it, it'll be okay mm. because when you go through an experience that's frightening like that there could be like a hangover of, oh my God, that was terrifying. But you were almost, of course
1: you were pushed to go to church, but you were also encouraged that it's going to be fine. Yeah, and do you know what the thing is? It's like, bear in mind, I am from the, literally the most multicultural community in Scotland. People say, oh, you're a white Scottish person, that's why you chose to go to church. But I've walked past mosques, synagogues, Golovarez, I've been inside all of them. I've been inside churches, any place of worship, up until that point. I've been in the Vatican. I've been, you you name it. I've been in in so many places, right? And I've never, at any time, there was an opportunity for me to hear a calling, whether it be from an Islamic God, whether it be from a Christian God, uh Seek God There was so many opportunities But there was a reason why After that experience I didn't say Oh I need to go to the mosque tomorrow Oh I need to go to the gurdwara tomorrow And look that's that, That's not me disrespecting those religions I have friends who are of those faiths That will be friends of mine forever It's not uh, And I would pray for them They would pray for me There is. It's not in an animosity sense But for me there was. I feel that there was a reason beyond my own selection of what was in my near postcode um, for that being the place I decided to go to.
0: Yeah, I've I, I've found it incredibly interesting to watch firsthand. Mm. And one of the things I think that's come off the back of it that I think is a noticeable metric is that you used a phrase to me the other day that I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily associate with you is you're optimising for peace at the moment. Mm-hmm. What do you
1: mean when you say that? So it's it's always it's funny because you might see you're optimizing for peace and i'm also going through a point just now where i'm wanting to get stronger faster generally the reason you're doing that is to be more deadly or more dangerous right That that's why you're doing that also to look better so just, it's,
0: i don't want to interrupt but no. you're allowed to become those things but not utilize them and jordan peterson talks 100%. about men should be monsters and mm-hmm. i completely agree with what that what the fuck
1: is he doing and, Built like a fucking I island, i snap I'll, I'll, him I'll in love, half. I love JP. Oh, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think some of his stuff's great as well. But bro, lo- in lock, me, lock me in a room with him, I'm gonna uh, assassinate him. Like, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Now, lock me in a bit of plexiglass between us, I'm gonna leave in tears because he's like intellectually, yeah, brilliant, yeah, he's gonna tie me in knots. But men should be monsters. But I had like crap. Grab- Fucking twist. But but
0: you should be physically capable.
1: And one of the things
0: since we recorded in August 2022 was I started boxing in January 2023 because I've looked physically capable for over a decade. I shared a daft uh, transformation photo the other day in 2014. I had abs and muscles, and I looked better than most people with their top off back then. But. I hadn't played rugby since like 2011 and I hadn't really physically tested myself in terms of like my ability to defend myself in Mm -hmm. a very long time. And you've been a really positive influence in terms of like do a combat sport, get good training, feel like you're capable. We've hit pads together and I've learned a little bit from you as well. And it's been great to do that because while I hope and expect never to have to use it, As a man, and there we go with the toxic masculinity, I should be capable of defending myself and those around me to some extent with reasonable force. Mm. And while you're saying that you're pushing towards being more powerful, stronger, which might make you more deadly and more dangerous, having that under control is also an extremely positive trait.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it goes back to that saying you'd rather be a, a warrior tending a garden than a gardener in a war, right? So having capability is very important. Statistically everyone's going to get in a fight. If you're a man, everyone's going to get a fight at some point, but it doesn't need to be more than like a scuffle at four corners after a night out. It doesn't need to be a fight. that's like a fight for your life, but why leave that up to chance? You know? Uh, and I think there's something extremely, it's, it's not even stripping of masculinity, it's dehumanizing. Like if someone can disrespect your partner or like someone who's within your custody and, choosing not to do anything or not feeling physically capable enough to do anything like that's that that's a real a real massive issue so for, for me just now you know my I've I've never had like I said never had any trauma or whatever but I'm I've always been an extremely reactive person like mad reactive and I'm a I'm a nice guy right I'm a really nice guy and I'm not like a I'm not a bad person or, like, a, a dodgy person or whatever, but I've found myself at some points in my life, like, th- just being so, so, so violent. It's crazy, right? And thinking about it now and and it's almost like, you know when Mike Tyson's, that video of him, he's getting emotional thinking about how he used to be and he's like, I never want to meet that guy again, right? Because he, he was just, he was wild differently, especially at that stage. He was just, he was just mad, right? But... I think about and I think you know being a Christian now and other different just aspects of my life has helped a lot but i I know how I've thought and approached different situations before and I'm like okay if it if it comes to a point in my life where I am in a situation like an actual situation where i i need i was gonna say have to right no and then i was gonna say get to and i was like no that's worse right that i need and i'll say it plainly i need to end someone's life you are posing a life threatening risk to me my family my kids if someone came in here just now i i know that without hesitation and i know that i would never feel bad in my life that's the thing that's that you that i don't like about myself right is that I could, if someone came in here, knife-wielding maniac, junkie or whatever, I'm going to kill you, and I'm never going to feel bad about it. And I'll have to go through all the due process of the legal system, I'll have to spend money, I might get done with manslaughter, I might even get done with murder, but I'm going to kill you, and I'm never going to regret it. So I know that inside my head there's that wee thing there, which I think some people take into lives of violent crime, or they become, you know criminals big massive drug dealers and they are able to use that release like oh you come do this to me i'm going to fucking kill and i know i, do, I don't i don't look like you that i'm not court, that you do you get what that. i mean no 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 but i know that i have that in me where i have this this disregard for consequences whatever it's just momentarily it's like right okay am i going to be the guy that potentially goes to jail because i killed someone or am i going to let Cole die potentially or do you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's a very simple one plus one equals two very easily to me though It doesn't, there's nothing in my head that makes me go, oh, that would be a tough decision. Or, I couldn't kill someone. I know I could, this right? This from understanding yourself. 100%. So optimize my life for peace means that I never allow traits like that or try my best to not allow traits like that to come out for no good reason, right? Because if I have to be that person and for whatever reason okay i'm happy doing that i'm good I, I enjoy having that in the locker because people go bro do you sound like you need fucking anger management no i don't need anger management i am happy i've never seen you lose it generally. exactly right I don't, i've seen
0: you riled up by a decision but you're not you're not you're punching walls
1: and shit yeah. right but I, I get to this i get to this point where i think to myself like it's not about people talk about oh you, you, maybe, like, that's something you should speak to someone about. Everyone wants people to fucking speak to folk, which is the dumbest thing ever. Like, it's actually a good thing having that, but it's just trying to get to a position where you can control it better. I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose the ability that I think, with absolute clarity in a very terrible situation, or if I feel that I would have to do something that would be considered really bad, I'm okay with that being my rational decision-making and... Whatever the consequences are, okay, that is what it is. So, optimizing my life for peace. By the way, that comes down to I hardly speak to any of my students directly ever anymore. Like people might be like, "Oh, I've booked a ticket for this thing," they message me on Instagram. I just send them back the team's details previously i'd be like oh bro i'll take me two seconds i'll do it myself right like, i even had a meeting today about this that i need to take that to an even extremer degree because oh, sometimes like if you're caught in a stressful day and someone's like oh hey mate just wondering if you can do this or it's feedback that maybe you don't like i know that i could be like who the fuck are you talking to do you, do you know what i mean i could just and i could just get it totally wrong I could get it totally wrong. Because of the other things that are going on, it tips over. And I could read that person's message because I'm already in a bit of a negative mood. I could read that person's message and be like, who the fuck are you talking to? And they'd be like, whoa, mate, I, like you must have read that the wrong way. That was not me. And then I've embarrassed myself. I've shown no emotional control, all that kind of stuff. This is a working process and by the way will be for my whole life, right? But I, I need to have my life be peaceful. The average life of... A male aged between 20 and 30 these days is like whether you are a janitor at a school, which there's nothing wrong with that, but for most people it's not your dream job, right? you be a janitor at a school, the managing director of a, man, a massive business or whatever, right? Like the average male between 20 and 30's life is blood, sweat and violence. Not literally, that might be literally or it might be mentally that they are fighting with themselves so much, right? Because for every job you want to go for, fucking your job, if, if you went and there wasn't someone there ready to replace you, there's... 100, 500 people, 1,000 people within a postcode that might want to do your job, right? They're all potentially more qualified, more driven. Like, your whole life is competition, it's stress, it's fighting, maybe physically, mentally, fighting for that position, fighting for that girl that everybody wants, but you're the one that wants to have her. Like, your whole life is competition at all times, right? So if I'm in a position now in my life where I'm like, I don't feel the need to compete, I don't I don't need to compete for money, right, because I have my own business and things are going great and that's fantastic. I feel like I don't need to, I'm not fighting with myself so much because I have that spiritual element as well and I have slightly better emotional control that I'm always working on, right, and I do all of these things. I don't, I don't want that unnecessary competition anymore. I don't want any more reasons than I would maybe already have to feel, okay, I'm getting my back up about something here. I think next, was- next thing you know, you're one of these guys that pulls out a lorry driver and fucking leathers him on the hard shoulder. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it can happen so easily. So optimizing for peace when 99% of people in my gender and ages categories, life is completely hectic. You're picking up every hour under the sun. The missus is pregnant. You want to make sure that she has a comfortable life. Like you're out. You're doing fucking. You're working eight in the morning, eight at night. You come home. And by the way, for 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 the the, the ladies watching this who are lucky enough to have someone who is like that, whether they're just a grafter, and I'm talking about like on site seven in the morning, getting ready to go back in the door at eight o'clock. F- you see see that person right? You you can't be. Where have you been? Why are you working so late? How how come you're trying so hard? Or do you need to work that much? If you're sat at home, I don't care if you're sat in a fucking a studio flat, mate. I don't care if he's working that hard to pay the finance and you you're you key up a canto. right? But if you're sat at home and you've got that baby, you've got the a, a cat. I don't care what it is, right? And you that house is warm and the cupboards are full. And the shower you get into is hot water. And maybe you go on a three-star all-inclusive holiday once per year. Maybe it's once every two years call, right? That guy's sacrificing so much of his potential for you. So when he comes home, don't give him that oh where have you been why are you working late again oh you're working late every single day and see that, see when he's working that six day week and he only does ten hours on a Saturday just to chill out and he wants to have a few of his mates round on the Saturday night because he wants to watch the boxing and he wants to have a couple of beers that's great sweetheart you've worked hard this week have a good night with the boys and he wakes up the next day and he feels a bit rough and he doesn't want to go and do anything he just wants to get a takeaway and for you to sit and you know chill with the baby and watch some TV it doesn't need to be like Mate, you get points in your life. I, I get it with my family sometimes. You know, I was at my sister's birthday the other week. I could hardly function at my sister's birthday. Could've been working so long throughout that Saturday, right? Until I got to my sister's birthday thing, and it's like I'm going from conversation, conversation, think, 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 task, 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 do, 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 do. Then I'm like, right, okay, I need to leave, and I'm in my car. and I'm sitting straight down, and it's like I'm looking at people and they're speaking to me, and I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what this fucking person's saying mm-hmm. because I'm so, I haven't even had five minutes just to be like, Whoa. decompress. Yeah, and like. I think for those people who are are lucky enough to have something like that in their life and by the way I know I've spoken a lot because it's a natural masculine proclivity to want to provide for people that you care about right but also there are some women who have that trait single mums out there who are doing everything they can to hold it together and all that i i love you and respect you so much it's just that statistically you know it leans on the side of men and i myself as a man i couldn't imagine myself as a single mum because i will never be able to be that thing right so that's why i talk here so i'm not saying that women can't do these things right i'm i'm just saying that for the average man
0: supportive relationships that you're talking about there are less common nowadays Oh yeah,
1: for sure, for sure, right? Like this thing, what does they call it? Dinks? Double income, no kids stands for. They refer to themselves as dinks. Here's what we get to do is dinks. So this morning, instead of having to deal with a baby, we went to a cafe and we done this and we, we got to spend money on this and we sat up drinking, we done this and that. Your life is going to be an empty, vacuous shithole by the time, by the way, we're men. I'll do, I'll do a Robert De Niro I'll have kids you know well, whoever it was i have kids in my 80s but I don't care right cool I I have this idea of having like like my own minibus that's like branded like the Richard Dixon yeah bro I want to have like at least a 5-a-side team with subs that's what I've always thought right and just train them as like we Spartans right and if I have daughters which I'd love to have a daughter she'll have whatever she wants if my son comes to me dad can I fella 10 burpees, don't even speak to me. When you've done them, you can come, right? He's like, no, I need to... Pe-. Don't care, 10 burpees, right? Like, I think... you. Not that you need to be harder on your sons, but I see that competitive life I'm talking about. My... I need to prepare you're, you're them for that. that and then- they, they need to be ready. I'm not going to... I'm not going to send my son to the, the war that is life unprepared. You know what I mean? It's, it's impossible. So... I kind of forget exactly what it was you asked me there, um, so I've went on like a totally no, different no, tangent.
0: No, I, I, I think this is something that you're super passionate about, hence the reason you've you've, you've gone deep on mm. that. But family dynamics are something that you yeah, actually yeah, yeah, bonded yeah. over um, throughout our friendship because you you've said a lot of your success and stability comes from the two parent upbringing that you you enjoyed. Anytime time I went home, my mum was there. did not matter what time of day, and her support enabled you to thrive. Yeah in the opportunities that were given to you and your worldview is that that is what you want to bring into the world and what you would encourage others to do the same
1: 100 percent. and look i'm not saying that you know having a family that's going to be the most beautiful thing you'll ever experience in your life that doesn't mean it's easy right so this is the thing people are so people are so set on their lives being fun mate they're so set on fun enjoyment Instagram and that's why I've totally changed Footing online and totally changed my social Media and all that right it's like Everything needs to be fun and trendy And cool and videoable And photoable and all that Kind of shit right And I just have this thing where I'm like My life Is about purpose mate It's not fully about enjoyment I enjoy so much about my life right And talking about all my get to's Some of my get to's I wish I could get to Fuck and not do them but I have the opportunity to do it, I'm going to do it to be the best version of myself possible, right? So when, when I think about people that are like, I, I couldn't imagine thinking about my future like never having a family or that, right? And by the way, I understand that the way my household works in my head, that people are like, oh Richard, it's easy for you because you're going to be out making money and... Your wife's going to be at home and she's going to be dealing with the baby and all that. And like, th- th- that's the way I seen growing up. That's the way that you know, my sister's got.
0: We're all products of our environment to some 100%. extent, but also the things we consume, the, the faith that you now hold as well. Yeah. That's the traditional Christian For model sure. as well. For sure, And these things all feed into what our worldview and our expectations are as well. Bro, the
1: model never failed, by the way, just to make that clear that this has not become uncommon because the model failed that it didn't break down, you know? It's not one of these things that you can argue, oh, they just didn't do it right. It's no communism, mate, right? It's, it's like, it, it didn't fail.
0: The statistics are damning on how impacted somebody's life is by being raised in a single-parent household, and people who are supported out of that and do well are doing it against the odds. And the way society has gone has discouraged that through things like birth control, divorce rates etc etc and there's lots of different societal things around that and i think it's only in the last couple of years that i've seen people speak on it rationally rather than with like a wagging finger like how dare you be a single mother it's not the single mother's fault it's the way that society has been shaped that has led to people be left in situations where they are not supported in the way that they could be through a two-parent stable household
1: you know that now we are in the first time in human history where your chance of a successful marriage between two people being married for the first time has now reached 50%. 50%. Five, zero. Right? So, 10 year mates going to get married, statistically, five of those guys are going to get divorced. Then you look into the statistics even further 75% of divorces are actioned by who? The woman. Right? So, and how, uh, we can nail it down how many times, how many suicides in men, who are the most highly affected by suicide, is is caused by, you know, divorce, loss of a partner, lack of access to kids. By the way, I know plenty of people who are divorced and share their kids really well, but I'm just saying, this statistic affects everyone, it affects the kids, it affects, but it affects the man and the household so much more. Like, you, you just, you see... It, it, there was a great little animation and it was like what I was talking about, the man going to work and fighting in the workplace for the promotion and for the overtime and for the contract and for all this stuff and then coming home and the, the stick woman wife being like, where have you been, why are you doing this? Nah, 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 nah. And him wanting to go and play golf on a Sunday. You've not been with me, you're not going to play golf? Oh, but like, you know, I never get to, to do anything and all that. Like, and it's that whole thing and it's just in the week, Animation thing She gets some attention From another stick man Oh he doesn't deserve you You're so beautiful And the next thing She's cheating Oh he made me feel loved He made you feel valued What the f- You You think this guy Was smashing his arse off In the office Or on the site Or whatever Because it makes him feel good You think he feels good There every day You think he's there Because he fucking Oh I love being a brickie I love being a spark Like my dad says He loves being a spark Because it's all he's ever known And he's really good at it And he enjoys the site banter And all that right But like, doesn't he's not skipping the fucking work every day. He was traveling all over the place, working constantly for one reason, because he had two fucking kids. It wasn't because he, like, he didn't have a nice car. Didn't he have a fucking big, massive house? Before I, it was the kids to that raise, was
0: yeah. it. Duty and responsibility were two of the terms that you used continually in your speech that closed off the financial freedom summit. And I think that's a hmm. an area that you speak so well on, and you encourage people on. And a lot of it comes down to that family values piece where you want to see yourself as the provider and the support network and mm-hmm. it's you're doing it from a place of
1: that's what i must do yeah it's like and mate in in my world that's hardwired that's not a that's not a um, piece of software that i've downloaded it's not something that i've had to train myself to think and some men don't think like that like some guys are like oh my message got a pure good job like i only need to work three days a week and all that and i'm like I don't know how you it can fucking look, look at yourself, yeah. man. That makes me ill, mate. Like, I mean, it makes me ill. Speaking of something that sometimes makes you ill at the weekend if it doesn't go well,
0: St Mirren. Oh. In the last year, you announced... Well, more often than not, it's been love really positive. I love St Mirren. It's been, yeah. it's been, it's well, been positive, smashing it. it? Yeah, we've been smashing you it. You announced your plans that you want to be one of the youngest owners of a football club.
1: Yeah, I've got, I've got like 10 years to do it by. We've got plenty of time in Scotland. Time's yeah. on your side. Yeah. So, the the thing with St Mirren, you know, that's a, that's a play, what I've done there. With that video, I didn't need to do that video. Yeah, yeah, I'd sent some LinkedIn messages, some emails, and blah 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 blah. It's mad because it ended up on Sky Sports and all that, mate. It was. F- I had colleagues fucking and mental. a
0: customer from down south sending me the link and be like, "There's that guy Richard that y- y- uh, that drives the Lamborghini." <laughs> I said, "I've been in Lamborghini. I was in Paul's Lamborghini. Aye,
1: <laughs> just in the Lamborghini." Um, so I I'd done that deliberately to try and get a bit of. ...traction around it, right... ...and to make that video... ...and I think it came across reasonably well... ...I didn't come across... ...I tried to tone down some... ...different aspects of my character... Um, ...and you know it led to conversations... ...it led to exactly what I wanted... ...but you know I've, I've never... ...I've never spoken about this... ...anywhere, right... ...minus in some small conversations... ...I'll say it without naming names... ...I was very well received... ...by many members of the board... ...right... So Mirren got a whole bunch of new um, LED signage and stuff. And I personally think the deal they got on it wasn't very competitive. Um, so I offered to fund that at a much more competitive rate. But I think they were actually like too far down in the commercial agreement that it was like it was set in stone. But one member of the board, and one didn't turn up. I wasn't worth one of the time. They didn't turn up. And one other member of the board... Was just one of the most ignorant, rude people I've ever met in my life, right? By the way, there might be people out there that say that same thing about me. I could have been having a bad day, but from what I've heard and what I know about the person and what other people have said and other people have been in the boardroom and different larger sponsors of Submarine, people forget how small the world is, right? I'm not some. F- well, maybe some people are. Um, but you, you can't deny that I'm I'm good at what I do. I have a big network. I'm respected by a lot of people. I'm disrespected by many, and that is fine as well. But that this wasn't an off day for this guy. This is this guy. Mm-hmm. Former politician. You can guess what party. Like, just went out his way to try and make me feel as small as possible and failed miserably. Failed. Like... And, and it's it's such a shame that, by the way, some of the fans hate me. Some of the fans hate me. Now, here's the thing. I sit in W2, H36. Like I said in my video, all the fans that hate me, right on the little burner Twitter accounts, I'm yet to see someone come up to my seat because I'll fucking put you back down the stairs, right? like the, And maybe me saying stuff like this is why, oh, you'll never be involved in our football club, blah, 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 blah. I don't care Apparently it's it's Unbecoming of a St Mirren, um Potential owner To drive a Rolls Royce Shut up That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard Because I'm young I've got no kids yet And I want to buy A, a Rolls Royce A McLaren A fucking SVR An X3M An AMG GT Keep naming it Right uh, Okay What do you want me to do Like sit in my bloody Gantt vest And put all my money Into stocks and shares Isa? Like, grow up a bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, I love being a showman, right? What is a bigger statement to make than owning a Premiership football club, right? It's And people go, it's a Premiership football club in Scotland. It's only St Mirren. We're sitting third in the league. And We're it's your solid. Team as well. Of course it Yeah, right. So, that board experience was was very interesting. It was quite sobering in a way. And to be honest, I, I get reached out to after that, just asking if there was any, you know, way I potentially wanted to... Support in a bigger sponsorship way and all that And you know, wh- one of my friends had discussed with the club A couple of years previous Potentially taking the name and rights of the stadium And not having done it And I kind of floated the idea But after that experience It put me off Now, dare I say I don't think that person And their uh, associates and whatnot Will be in that boardroom for much longer So hey ho, maybe something will happen But I would always, that's always a big massive goal of mine. I've f- I followed the club my whole life. I always will. I will always want to be involved in some capacity. Um, yeah, say what you want about me, my opinions, my views. I know how to fucking make money. You know, it's, it's that fucking simple. And there's stuff that I look at commercially at i And I've went, I went through a list. There was like half of the Old Testament I, I took notes with me And I was like guys You need to do this better Bang 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 And they're just like Ah uh, yeah but um, you, you made a You liked a tweet one time That we didn't like I was like oh Well big fucking wow I'm my own fucking person What'd you expect it's, it, Like it's, it's crazy mate You need to be this Polished That was one of the things That I think a lot of people Were surprised about
0: Is You're known And you had been known As a as quite a brash Divisive character online But and we said this about your property and investment business. Mm. You would bring people in the door with your personality, but see when it came to talk about the different strategies for property investment, you're like an encyclopedia. Mm. In the same way, you get your start on subjects. So you'd go into the board meeting and they'd have maybe this conception that, oh, here he is. He's maybe wearing a trackie and he's, he's got his tattoos or whatever else. And they've got this conception and then you're like oh and here's the four or five areas that, or maybe more that i think we could improve and you speak really well on those you can win people over very very quickly because judging a book by its cover is uh, a very foolish thing to do in the modern age in particular mm. of course there's certain traditions that you should try and follow so if you go to a particular event you should wear the the the, the attire which oh is yeah i wouldn't turn that. up to a black tie event and a trackie because i think it's, i'm so important or whatever you know e- exactly but once you get in the door and start to talk the talk mm. you you rightly said a number of the board members were like oh right okay we understand this well of course the people that wanted to dismiss it would hark to a tweet you liked or uh, a TikTok that you posted where you, you swore or something silly like
1: that I, mean, I, I swear like a triple and it's something I, I, I'm trying to improve on but when I get particularly passionate stuff comes out like I, I love St Mirren I love honestly I do love all the fans like I love Everyone that I've ever met at the football, everyone's so nice. And some people come up to me and say hello and chat away. And I like what you're doing for the young people. I buy tickets for kids. I I did support the schools. Sadly, that's uh, no no longer possible. Um, But I'd done as much as I could, you know, as possible to try and be of service. But, you know, see if I was a young guy who was like super polished and inherited some money, had a business degree and, Whatever and dad owns films. Yeah, yeah, they would they would love me. Like or more people would love me. Sorry, more people would love me. Um, but that that is just that that's the reality of making big statements, saying big things. I knew that stuff like that was going to happen, me. I knew people people phoning me, random news outlets not wanting to speak to me. That's why I went and got media training and and all that kind of stuff. Just in the off chance, you never know. Um, but it's just it's 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 a shame. I think. Because I think we could have added some value there. And people forget, you know, I had an incredible idea in my head for, you know, a, a within my network, the access. I'm the least successful person in my network, right? And thinking about, okay, how can we bring in the like tens of millions of untapped money that my friends, AK group chat, play the PlayStation fucking with them. Type of friends go to dinner uh, with, yeah. We've had cigars just, with, yeah. How 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 can we do this? Like, how can this be something that goes way beyond just me? I need to be the guy who, hey, look at me. I'm a fan. I've been a fan my whole life. Use that angle. But th- this this is the thing, mate. And I, I'm sure this podcast will get watched and bits will end up on Submerin Twitter, <laughs> and and people think about it. And I'm not just talking about the bits. of Me talking about Submerin. Oh, it was it was great that you know. Richard isn't involved with the club in any capacity because he said that um, women should stay at home and be looked after by a man who works really hard and have a really enjoyable quality of life. What a scumbag, can't believe that. It's like, yeah, fucking, hopefully you wear a helmet every day, mate, if you yeah, fall your head pe- so soft pe- people,
0: people are really tolerant. But only when you agree with the views that they yeah. agree with, yeah. um, and the progressives in particular are among the least tolerant people on the planet. So when you hark back
1: to traditional values, they're the ones that tend to come for you. Yeah, people I mean, acting like as if like me having any involvement at Subreddit in any way, like in any capacity, like how like there's so much we could. I know they have they actually have some really decent media Submirren, but it just there's some stuff specifically there that I would tweak not change completely it's not like I'm asking for like complete media control of like a premiership football club that's nuts right but some stuff that I would just tweak and 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 do differently and I think some people thought that like me having certain opinions which are not criminal or mental or were normal until about 10, 15 years ago, right? No way. But they thought that I was going to be like, the stewards were now going to be like asking people like, are you are you unvaccinated? Okay, you can go in. Oh, uh, Like, do, do you like tweets from name Jordan Peterson, Andrew Tate, this, that? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, you can get in. Bro, I don't ca- genuinely see it. See it at Mirren. It is one of the most accepting. It's not religiously affiliated, like in terms of like the whole Catholic Protestant yeah. thing. Like, I love that about St. Mirren. I would never, I would never want that change about something. I'm not anyone's enemy, mate. Like I am not, I'm not an enemy to anyone. I might not agree with everything you're saying, but if I do, that's worrying. You know, it's like be very wary of the person who can mold and like snakes. Yeah, man, it's fucked up.
0: I think you would bring a tremendous amount to it and I've got no skin
1: in the game, obviously. I would help so Rangers as well. You know what I mean? You would get helped with a £5 note, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I heard we pure skin, apparently, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there will be some Sevco blogger in aye, the comments telling me sure, otherwise. For sure. But no, I think you would bring a tremendous amount towards it. I think you've answered large elements this question, but I want to mm. get a kind of really full answer before we finish up. Yeah. What is success going to look like for you by the age of 30? Oh, wow. these only like...
1: It's Not even in. three years away, bro. Do you, do you, oh, you, you it's know, the old entrepreneur so, society. Yeah, so the
0: title of the last podcast was The True Story of the 25 Year Old Property Millionaire. Wow, 25, oh okay, it
1: was just before my birthday. Yeah. Wow, September, birthday isn't it? Yeah. Wow, yes, yeah, September 28th. Oh, man, that's nuts. Success uh, look to me by the time I'm 30. Okay. You know, wow. I listened
0: back to the episode today in preparation, Yeah. you talked about some of your metrics changing when you become a father, and I think that's been a theme throughout this mm. discussion as well. Mm. There's no immediate rush, as you said, as a, as a man, you can have children yeah, 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 later yeah, yeah. on, etc. But what do you think success is going to look like? <sighs> wow, that's a, that's a hard one. Well, I share another concept with you before we get to that? Sure, sure, I crack on, Let's crack go. on. I read recently, a guy called George Mack, he's based out in Dubai, I'm going to try and get him on the podcast, see what happens when I'm out there, and he talked about people trading hidden metrics for observable metrics, Mm. and I think if you look at a lot of your success, you've had a lot of visible metrics, the car, the house, the apartment at the harbour, the the Rolex watch, etc. as well, you've spoken during this podcast about some hidden metrics, like peace, Mm. like emotional control. Yeah that is quite often success in a lot of people's eyes and you and I are both relatively materialistic I think I've lent into it and been confident and happy with how I've lent into it and I think you've laughed in the past about times when you've been like oh god I don't know what I was thinking there etc and you've done it but a lot of what you're optimizing for now with the term peace is a hidden metric Mm. because yes sometimes when talking to you and speaking to you you can tell you're maybe more at peace but only you really know that so if by thirty yeah. you're more capable of identifying your hidden metrics like quality relationships, peace of mind, sanity, quality of sleep, the ability to pay attention yeah. instead of wow. we launched growth getters and it did this, 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 which I have literally no doubt that these are gonna be things that matter to you. Of course. But I'm just interested what shows up.
1: Yeah, I think I think for me, by thirty, um, well, it's, it would probably be the first thing that comes to my mind. It's not going to be my dad because my dad simply wouldn't want it. Although I would like to scale him down a bit. I would like to have the option. Bear in mind, people have autonomy as well. So you can say, I want to retire my parents, and they could be like, in fact, I actually like what I do. And you can just. We've fuck spoken
0: off. about my dad. Dad's in his 70s and still working. Yeah. Because the day he stops working, he will start to slow down and he won't
1: enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would like to p- potentially have my. My mum might have worked. By the way, that's a selfish ambition as well, because I understand that Saffron, my sister, she will have kids at some point. Um, more than likely before me, I'll also have kids. Um, and I would like my mum to be, you know, a, a present grandmother as well, not a babysitter by any means, but um, just to have a you strong know, influence on. Yeah, them as yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I would like to do that. I think go, going back to that peace thing, um, you know, I want to be continually striving for the the best shape of my life. And I think I'm in a flow just now where I feel good about what I'm doing and how I'm training. I can see I'm actually enjoying going to the gym. And before, I, I hated it, mate. I hated it. But because I see a difference in myself, I'm like, wow, that's nuts. Like You need a positive feedback loop. Yeah. And that's the same for anything. So like
0: a podcast, a YouTube channel, something like that, there needs to be some sort of reinforcement that this you're doing well, you're doing the right thing. It doesn't mm. need to be huge, but it needs to be like... Yeah. The, the, you messaged me, I feel like I've got a like a pump, I'm feeling full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were like, I can't wait to train again. Of course you can't, because I, you're like, I want to chase that feeling again, yeah. because it's proof of concept, proof that it's
1: working. I, it was sick, mate. It was, it was so, so, so good. So, like, I think, for me, I would like to be working less, but on working... When I say working less, I'm not just talking about, like, hours or whatever. I'm working less on certain things. A real big goal of mine over the next couple of years is to have more involvement in other businesses, strategic shareholdings and stuff like that. Um, that's a real big goal for me. And by the time I'm 30, my, my goal for probably not next year but 2025 is to be at a point where our collective... Um, group of companies and interests is consistently and I, I want to be able to I don't mean consistently doing 500k a month aka 100k 300k massive win of like a million quid I mean consistently forecasted and being able to go yeah we consistently go do 500k a month Um, so I guess by the time I'm 30 that's maybe one year more after that yeah closer to a million a month would be would be fantastic, Um, and doing a lot of that without it being me fulfilling it, without me having to really, be me being an advisor, a funder, a strategic partner, whatever it needs to be, just having more involvement in other businesses. I would like to have sold or partially sold a business by then, something I've never done, don't know how the hell I would do it, but it's something I would really love to do. Um, And... Call it a reach because it's only like three years. I have, I, I know what I ask for, in prayer, and I know what I'm requesting. I would, I would like to think I'll be married by then. That, that's that's me being honest. And in fact, I'm I'm so confident in the provision that I get from God and from Christ. That I, I it's. It will happen. Beautiful ambitions, mate. I like it. It will happen. So, yeah, that the money stuff's good, mate. And I can, I can still be arrogant. It's a prerequisite, and and you said you look for people around you to have a financial motivation, and that will never fade within you. But it's been very interesting to watch some of the more spiritual elements come to the fore. There's so many unlockables that come with the money, like whether it be. I, I, I know that I want to have a couple of different properties around the world. And, and me, I was talking to Antonio about it the other day, and I was like, "Just a, a, like I knew about studio flat in Dubai, I don't, I don't need some nuts." And I think I, I was constantly like, I was viewing houses for a, a while there, and I was constantly looking at mad stuff, park Circus, park Terrace Now the where I've moved, it's absolutely beautiful. It's huge, it's stunning. It's like it, it's it's incredible. It's, it's my favorite place I've ever lived. Right? I think it's sick. Has it got a cigar terrace? Well, it's got like a front and, we'll and back that. and that, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need it built, get a building warrant. I'm pretty sure the building's listed, I've got no chance. Um but that is like like I was constantly driven by always bigger, better, bigger, better, bigger, better. And I think I've kinda over the last couple of months just been able to go Whew. Cool. There's still
0: things you're chasing and that's so so healthy. We hedonically adapt to where we're at. But within the optimizing for peace, you spoke to me mm. about optimizing for convenience as well. So the house that you're in now being near the gym being near the different things being, the, ne- being near the clean be,
1: foods meal prep maybe
0: yeah being near the golf course like yeah be, uh, being near the office yeah being near the
1: west end or I, whatever I just for spent, coffees I spent thousands yesterday thousands on my home office like because I've got three three bedrooms in this house Um and one of those kind of like upstairs like raised it's like this, this different wee bit um, so that's like I've spent thousands on that mate like, multiple monitors, gaming chair, obviously, um, big amazing desk, uh, I also bought a 75-inch telly, I don't know why the fuck I done that, but the Black Friday deal on it was spectacular, so I bought a 75-inch telly um, for the living because the living room's so big, that, like, my telly now that's, like, a 50 or something, it looks like a, a Nintendo book. DS, mate, like, I was just, like, I can't see it, and it's just so bad, so I, I got another TV and stuff, but, like, Beyond the bigger better, the cars is never gonna stop me. Car- oh, sorry. One day I might go, I might shake it out and be like whatever. But just now, yeah, like I'm sitting. I obviously, Range Rover SVR, excellent car. It's it's a facelift on, Obviously, so it's it's like it's beautiful inside. It's it's really good. And that's like that's plenty for me. Like my my, my warranty ran out in the McLaren. I renewed it. It was like five grand or something like that, and um, for a year's warranty. And then I was just like. I was getting in it and I just didn't feel like... We spoke about you're going to hedonically adapt
0: and yeah. I think we
1: first went to
0: the gym in it in July 22 and you were like this will quickly just become the car
1: and it did. Yeah. And it was also p- going to become a potentially expensive just the car. So For 27 grand of warranty work it got done in its first year. Like, mate, m- McLarens are unreal. Like, technology wise you're not really touching them in any capacity. I've set a 765 LT against Enton. Shut up! You're finished. You're finished round the track. You're done, right? Go home. You're not touching it. But they're also just so badly made. They've put technology before like just basic build quality, right? Um. So with that, I was like, you know what? Still like, I got a hundred grand for it or something like that, right? So I was just like, I'm just gonna let go of it because. I didn't feel this, and it's so easy, for people to go, Richard sold his McLaren, and that that means he must be struggling, or whatever pish people come up with, right, fucking McLaren, I'll buy one for myself and one for your fucking sister mora, right, but, like, it's just, like, bro, I've got the SVR, I bop about my SVR, it's got plenty of space in it, I have my camping gear in the back, I'll go out and I'll go fucking camping if I feel like it, Bro, it's still a 600-brake, 5-litre Super Charles V8. I'll still blow your socks off your fucking Clio, right? Like It's, it's still a tool, but I just... There might come a time where you hit the, the car button again, and I'm sure it will, Bro, and, next... and you'll have an idea what you want. Already I'm thinking about what's next. I'm thinking, am I going to get an MC20, the new Maseratis, Right. I don't particularly like Maseratis, but the specs on that are nuts. They're not far off the 765 that I'm talking about. Zero sixty two point nine 62.9 seconds, 202 mile an hour top speed, out of fucking V6. They're nuts. Or it's like a Turbo S, or I was looking at 991 GT3 RSs. Like you can get them for like 150 grand now. So next year, inevitably, I will buy another car, for sure. But see, before, I would be thinking to myself, right, okay, my, my McLaren's going what is replacing it? Or I would replace it before it's even gone and the next thing you're sitting with like, you know, five grand a car finance every month. Well, I've been in the, I've been in a position, four grand a car finance and a, a Rolls Royce that I owned. And you're just like, I sit back and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? And it's mad because the business just now is making more money than ever. But I feel like, bro, I've not bought designer clothes in months. When I was in the Diamond District in New York, there was a couple of nice watches that I was like, Whoa, like, sh- and then you hear mad stories about like the papers being dodged. Like, you never know. I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to do anything mad. I'm just going to go home. But, like, that brings a certain peace as well, mate. Because I'm not getting the McLaren phone of me. Your car's due a health check or your service is 900 quid plus an optional. But recommended seven hundred pound other thing, and your six hundred pound tires, and you you get in it, and like you hear one thing knock, and you're thinking, holy fuck, what is that? Is this car about to explode? Is it fucked? And then you're doing that, you're managing an X3 as well, X3 M competition, not like I'm a bitch one, right? Which Antonio bought off me. He's loving that car just now, right? But I've just got to see all the peace just now of one car, one MOT, one tax. And I got it for an absolute amazing price as well because I bought it off McLaren. So I had a, someone traded it in. So I got a good. I've got a good relationship with them. So I got a really good price. Like everything about that is just, just. You know that way. Some
0: really cool new perspectives tonight, Richard. Yeah, and round two, we've wrapped it up. I'm sure people know
1: where to go, but if they yeah. don't, where should they head towards? If you if you want to see anything is this the main camera? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to see anything from me whether it be to leave abusive messages or to find out more about what it is that I do, you can find out information on www.richarddixon.com expensive domain yes um you'll find all my social links there for instagram youtube all that kind of stuff uh, and i want to say thank you very much to mr campbell for having me on the podcast let me speak a bit more uh, on a larger platform not only about what i do and um, but the things that you can achieve when christ is with you
0: it's been great thank you richard thank and you, thank man. you to you the listener i'll be back to speak to you all again very very <laughs> soon
1: <laughs> there we go thank you bro i appreciate it Thank you.